Hello guys and welcome. It's uh, 5.15am here in Sydney and I was going to start this show today at 6am um, but uh, man I got up a little bit early, you know, get everything ready. It's the first day of quarantine actually for us here in Sydney. Anyone that's from Sydney, Wollongong, any greater Sydney area knows that this is our first day of uh, quarantine so we're back in quarantine and um, obviously the rest of the world has been going through that a little bit more than us but um yes yeah, so i'm here i'm here to watch uh rachmanov uh versus danilo no not danilo beg your pardon versus michelle prezeras and that uh, should be a very interesting fight minus three or five favorite is the man from uzbekistan um highly touted highly touted fighter very very good fighter um very tall for this division people even comparing him uh, somewhat to Hamza uh, Chimaev, but I think it's still early days yet for both of those guys to for us to be able to say yes or no or whatever about these guys. But I'm always interested in these guys. From Prezaris has never been finishing 29 fights, and Rachmanov has finished all 13 fights. So we are off, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see this fight. All right. Rachmanov looks way taller than Brazaris because he is. Brazaris looks like he's built like a brick. I'm going to be very interesting to see how both of these guys match up. I'm trying to keep my voice down a little bit compared to what I'm usually like because uh, my wife and my daughter are still very much asleep and they may be able to hear me. So I don't want to wake them up. Um, Rachmanov is. Slowly moving Brazaris back. Brazaris with a nice calf kick of his own at the to to kick things off. Oh, nice left hook by Brazaris. He goes looking for the left hook again, but Rachmanov nothing doing. Moves out, it slides out of the way. But he hit him with that nice left hook. He did. Brazaris did hit him with that left nice left hook. Goes looking for the calf kick again. I do think it's only going to be a matter of time until uh, Rachmanov starts to find his timing. Um, and starts to really exploit that reach advantage that he has. But that calf kick has left a big welt on Rachmanov's leg. Nice little jab there by Rachmanov. He he kind of stuttered and then puts a, the, the little jab in there, starting to find his range and slide in and out of the way of um, the shot. Rosario's goes looking for a double leg. Nothing doing with Rachmanov. I don't think he's going to be able to get Rachmanov down, but he pushes Rachmanov up against the wall. Um, I think in these earlier exchanges, Prezaris may be the stronger guy just because it's so much thicker. But after a little while, I think we're, uh, we're going to see Rachmanov prevail in the clinches as well. Um, Salah Ahmed says, morning, Fab, right on time for the Shavkat fight. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I wanted to watch it, to be honest with you. And so I'm really glad that I was able to come on here and, and watch it. Oh, nice step back throw by... Rachmanov, very, very impressive. Really nice. So he's landed in the full guard of Prezaris. Prezaris is a BJJ black belt. Very durable fighter. With this guard closed and the posture down of Rachmanov, it's a, uh, I mean, it's not really, no, no real damage is going to be done from here by Rachmanov. And whilst whilst he, the posture is down, the guard can remain closed from Prezaris. The question is when the posture when he gets his posture back, when Rachmanov gets his posture back, uh, Prezaris has to open that guard and start to work or push him away. 
Um, having said that, very smart work by Rachmanov. He made sure that Prezara is, is kept his head to the center of the cage. He wanted him away from the cage so he wouldn't be able to get up. I think he likes the position that he's in now. Um, people use the cage in different ways, and in, in, in this situation, Rachmanov used it to keep um, Prezara's flat on his back in the center, like to, to head facing the center, as opposed to um, Prezara's being able to use the cage to his advantage at all. So Rachmanov is obviously showing a very intelligent fight. He's got a lot of experience already at 13 fights. And that's one of those things we were talking about before when we're talking about the main event um, with Gunn and um, Volkov. And we're talking about the, uh, the advantages in experience that Volkov has. But after a certain amount of fights, um, you'll find that you have a lot of experience yourself. So now the posture starting to come up from Rachmanov and Prezara is doing a good job of opening his guard and trying to kick up from the guard. Big right hand thrown by um, Rachmanov. Rachmanov starting to land some ground and pound. But Prezaris has done the right things at this point. Front headlock by Rachmanov. Rachmanov looks to take the back, but Prezaris doesn't let him do so. So far, Prezaris is doing a good job of defending himself. And when the posture started happening, he did made the right decisions in that in uh, he didn't he didn't when the posture happened, he didn't stay there with the closed guard like you see some guys do. But you do see that um, Rachmanov is starting to wear on him, in my opinion. There's a rather laborious effort on the face of Prezaris. Prezaris got a body lock looking for the back himself, looks for the takedown, but from a wizard, um, Rachmanov was able to defend that. And you see the leverage advantage and I, I believe the wrestling advantage to Rachmanov, but just that those levers, like those the that kind of leverage that he has, being the taller fighter and knowing how to use it is very, very important. And people that are like when you have that kind of leverage ad advantage, when you're that much taller as well, you can, you're can you very, very strong in certain positions just from the mechanical advantage that you have from enjoying that that extra length. Nice knee in the clinch by Rachmanov. As Prezaris, is a, he has still an underhook here and is able to circle out. But Rachmanov is now holding him up against the center. So Rachmanov was holding the center. Great work by Rachmanov. I'm very, very, very impressed by him. I was already impressed by him, but I'm very impressed now. Juice says the round time is actually the current time in Oz. Rob McKenzie says, greetings from the Frontier Fab. Got up for a piss and saw my notifications. Looks like I'm staying up. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Welcome, people. Welcome. And everyone that's in lockdown here in Sydney or in Greater Sydney, man, um, I'm going to try and put out a little bit more content to keep us going. Um, look after yourselves, man. That's the hundred percent, man. Look after yourselves. On, I know everyone else has still been going for much worse than us, but still, you know, your sore back is your sore back. So look after yourselves and each other during um the lockdown. Frey says hi, hello, sir. How are you? Christian Lawrence says happy weekend, Fab. Thank you, sir. Right back at you. Uh, Christian Lawrence says I rewatched the episode with Bam Bam yesterday. It was a great show, and I hope you can give. You can have him on in the future as he's departing to Vegas soon with the wall with the wallaby by his side. Yeah, man. I hope he wins it, man. I hope he wins that fight. I'm a big fan of Bam Bam. Um Juice says, do fighters training switch stances is, is it recommended or make someone a better fighter to be more comfortable in both stances? Okay, we're off. I'll try and answer that in, in a second. So we're off here. Again, Rachmanov is in the center of the octagon. And looks for a spinning attack, a spinning back kick. Nice calf kick again by uh, 
Pizarro's Pizarro's a very, very tough guy. It's not surprising that he hasn't been finished in his 29 bouts. Looks like a very tough guy. But I do think that some of those efforts are starting to become rather laborious. Like his arms are start, I think, are starting to, to fill up with, with blood, making it a little bit harder for him to get his shots off the way that he was in the first round. Nice one, two, three by um Rachmanov. Nice little left hook over the top by Prezaris. More more of a, a kind of pushing off. Oh, spinning heel kick by Rachmanov. Partially lands and he hits him with a little knee. Prezaris trying to get the single leg. He's not going to get a great wrestling defense by Rachmanov. Rachmanov goes looking to take the mount, but Prezaris' jiu-jitsu is too good. Two big hands, three big hands landed by Rachmanov. Rachmanov is landing some good ground in Panam Prezaris. Prezaris looks like some of those shots should have really hurt him, should have really put him out, but not so, not yet, not so far. He goes looking for a uh, deep half guard, and he's getting ground and pounded in those positions. He's doing a great job, Rachmanov, was pushing the face down and landing that ground and pound. Good job, Rachmanov. I'm absolutely unbothered by the jiu-jitsu credentials of Prezaris. Happy to go to the ground, happy to engage, and he's getting the better of the exchanges. Right now, he's sprawling out from this uh, a potential half guard or single leg attempt, and now he's taken the back of Prezaris, and he goes looking for a re-naked choke, but Prezaris does a good job of capitulating the the half guard and get, going back to half guard. Now, he had the, no, the choke was in too deep that time. He, there's a tap, finished Prezaris for the first time, and did it easily looking good, man, with no disrespect to Prezaris because Prezaris looked tough as hell. The man from Uzbekistan, man, he looked good, looked very good. Um, so do fighters train in switch stances from Juice? Um, depends on the fighter, man, and depends on the on the credentials that you have as a striker. I I'm firm. This is just me, man. This is just me. This is the wheel kick, sorry, that started it all. He, he did catch him partially with the wheel kick. Um, and as he, yeah, Prezaris went for the single leg. Rukmanov was all over that. As, then he looked for the mount. That was so cool the way he did that. Then some of those shots he was landing, man, earlier on, like he landed those good shots in, with some good ground and pound. Prezaris just showed off how tough he actually was. You know, he wasn't he wasn't all there by the stage by the stage yet actually ended up getting choked, I don't think. You know, he took some big shots prior to that. Um, yeah, so on me personally, I'm a firm believer in learning the fundamentals first. I'm a firm believer in, um, so if you go to boxing, learn a box first. You know what I mean? Like actually learn a box in a boxing gym, put your, put your boxing boots on, et cetera, et cetera. And go from there. Like so, first you're going to learn, man, how to throw a jab, how to throw a, a straight right, how to throw a counter right, how to throw a left hook, how to throw an uppercut, how to throw straight punches. Um, you're going to learn your footwork, which way to move, how to how to um, move that kinetic energy. So yeah, when when you throw with a right hand, you're able to come back with a left, etc., etc., etc. So. Once you you sort of know that and you've gotten you've gotten a good grasp of that and you you have a good under, firm understanding 
of the fundamentals and the basics then if if you if you do happen to gravitate towards being a switch hitter then then great you know and and you'll you'll start to learn but so MMA record 100% finish rate seven submissions very very impressive man very 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 impressive man um but uh going back to what I was saying about the fights about about the stances so then from there if you if you do start to develop to be a switch hitter then great um, at some point, you should work on fighting from southpaw stance or fighting from, you know, different stances. But you need to really understand the the fundamentals and the, and the concepts behind what you're trying to do. You need to know the rules before you can break them. But that's just my opinion. Um, let me see. We've got some more people here. JH says, up early, Fab from Country Victoria. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you from, for joining us. Country Victoria is absolutely beautiful. Christian Lorenz says, Rachmanov is the only Uzbek in the promotion, I believe. I think so. Oh, Kazakh. Yeah, I was called him Uzbek, but yes, Kazakh. Um, Juice says, mate, just heard about Sydney going back in the lockdown. As you said, look after yourselves. We just got out of lockdown. I got back to school and literally everyone had put on at least 10 kilograms. Fuck. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> yeah, no, we um yeah, we just got smashed with uh with that, with the lockdown. And um Yeah, man, it's it's I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, it's it's it is daunting. I'm not I'm definitely not looking forward to it. Um the other lockdown, you know, when when you speak to people and you say how far, how long do you think that lockdown was? I was talking to a friend of mine, and the initial feeling you have is um, Danilo Marquez, sorry, is about to fight now versus Hakeem. Um, the initial feeling is like it felt like it was months, like three months or whatever, and um, we were only in lockdown probably for six weeks, but it felt like oh Kennedy actually, sorry, um, it just felt like. Sorry, boys. It's very boys and girls. It's very very early for me. Um, it, yeah, I um, it's just it's just um, it felt like it was, it felt like it was months, you know. But it was six weeks, and you know, sometimes when I speak to people, it feels like it, it's going on for for years and years. Some of the lockdowns from people that I speak to overseas and that, but it's really only a few months. And um, yes, yeah, so I'm not looking forward to it. It says two weeks now. I'm prepared for the two weeks, but you know, it'll, I mean, you're going to have to do it regardless of how long it takes. But the next, yeah, the next two weeks will be rough, and if it extends, it'll be rougher. But uh, it, you know, it is what it is, and you have got to try and look after yourself and in that, and look after your um, your mental health and make sure you exercise and and the rest of it, all the stuff that people are saying. But also, I think. Um, Whilst not being negative, also being kind to yourself and allowing yourself and saying to yourself that, yeah, man, it, it is pretty hard. You know what I mean? Like, if it, if you feel it's hard, understanding that, yeah, fuck, it, it is hard. Um, and everyone's got different um, situations that, you know, I can't really speak on. You know, I think I think the, the financial part of it for a lot of people is, is really difficult, you know, and that's not just... Uh, you know, be positive thing. Like it's, you know, it's hard. 
it's really really difficult on people so i think it's even it's even more important for for us to have a, a level of sensitivity compassion and empathy to each for each other in that not everyone is going through the same thing as you so you might be dealing with it okay you might have a source of income you might have your property paid off or whatever but not everyone is in that position you know so just just being careful with i think in in how you um interact with people is very important i just see that a lot because I, I know a few people that you know they're really happy that, that they were in lockdown you know especially living out where where we live i mean i live on the new south wales south coast and it's absolutely beautiful and so yeah i mean if you have to be locked down somewhere it's great but man like you don't want to be um not everyone is in that position man and not everyone that lives here is in a great position so yeah um peter bergman says what a great prospect yeah man i think we were talking about that before as well like we're talking about um divisions like say for example middleweight which has two in my opinion this is just my opinion two very clear-cut leaders are up at the front there um we got rob that's one and eleven and israel that's undefeated as a middleweight and um you know, obviously those guys have fought once and they're going to fight again, and I believe they'll probably fight again after that, you know. Um, but but then somebody comes out, you know, like a, like a Hamzat. Both these guys are at welterweight, you know. Um, Rachmanov, they, both these guys came out of, of nowhere and they're killers, you know. So it happens at any stage. You don't know what who who's going to come out of where or in, you know, at any stage so that that's what makes this whole thing interesting as well james hanold you are a champion sir thank you so much says thanks for getting up early for these fights fad much love from the u.s man right back at you my friend i really appreciate it man i really 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 appreciate it man i really appreciate the support from all of you guys um i enjoy calling the fights i enjoy having the podcast and having a chat with you guys so I really, really appreciate it, man. So thank you so much, man. Thank you for any support that you guys do. It's massively appreciated. So like and subscribe and hit the notification bell if you haven't already. Um, you can support us through PayPal. I really appreciate it, man. Dylan Young says, does Cyril outclass Volkov? I don't know, man. I don't know. I tend to think that that um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, an interesting fight because I think, like I said in the preview to this fight, um, Volkov comes forward and he throws linear strikes, you know, and he, and he creates a lot of pressure. But at the same time, they match up really, really well because Garn is one of the few heavyweights that has really good um, lateral movement, like side-to-side movement, and he's able to move, go back and forwards, and he's also got a ground game. But then Volkov, at the same time, is able to stifle a lot of those takedowns. He's got big levers. Um, he's got good takedown defense. You know he really does a lot of nice work off that underhook. So you know it's it's not it's it's they kind of neutralize each other's strengths, which I find very interesting. Um, there does appear to be a glaring uh, advantage for Volkov in as far as um, experience. But like I said before, um, Dan is not new to this. He's I think he's eight and zero and five and zero in the UFC with a with some finishes there, with some really interesting finishes, and he's also got you know, a whole bunch of uh, Muay Thai fights and Muay Thai and a Muay Thai title to his name and and trained with um, 
with the world champion in Francis Ngannou. So I think he he has he brings enough experience to the table as well. I don't think, you know, I don't think it, that Volkov have, will have the experience level over Gan that Gan doesn't have answers for. You know, I, I think he's got enough experience there in in a combination of all of his combat fights. That's just my experience. Um, Christian Lorenz says, Bam Bam is a type of mate to have on your side in a bar brawl. Yes, he is, sir. Yes, he is. Christian Lorenz says, if you want to go to jail. Christian Lorenz says, Garn can showcase his hands during this fight. Possibly. Moist Penguin says, Justin Jaynes bet his entire purse on himself to win today, and he lost. I, I don't recommend people doing that. I don't think it's a show of confidence because I don't think you should you should gamble that kind of stuff. You know, when people, I've heard people say stuff about, you know, if you're really confident, you'd do that. Like you wouldn't take your year salary or half a year salary and bet your, bet your colleague that you're going to finish a project by the deadline or something, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, when sometimes things aren't, aren't in your control. And on top of that, like you get paid to do the job. Any bonus on top of that is is something different. So I, I, I don't recommend people doing that. Christian Lorenz says, would love to see you and Aussie man commentate the next heavyweight title fight and spaz out on the knockouts. <laughs> I haven't, I've heard a little bit of Aussie man. <laughs> I try not to spaz out. I'm definitely going to try not to spaz out today because of, um, like I said, I don't want to make too much noise. My wife and my daughter are still asleep. Um, Peter Bergman says it's fun to see the newer prospects are more and more well-rounded as the sport evolves. Yes, sir. Christian Lorenz says Volkov has a tattoo of a bull ray on his back. Man, when I go spear fishing, I went spear fishing yesterday. I caught some lobster and some abalone. But when I go spear fishing, there the, at any of the boat ramps, there's these massive stingrays, like huge, huge stingrays, maybe 250 kilos huge man like the length was they're longer than me way longer than me and way way broader you know i wouldn't be able to like touch their and i've got long arms i wouldn't be able to to have the same wingspan as them huge man huge man they scare the shit out of me sometimes you know because they start to follow you around looking for you to give them fish um Moist Penguin says, Volkov is absolutely massive. Unlike Israel, he cuts down to make the heavyweight live. Christian Lorenz says, it was great to see you interview Moreno this week as well. I actually interviewed Moreno before. It wasn't this week, but um, I'm glad you, you, man, if you watch, check out that interview, man. Check out the the whole thing. It's up on online already. It was been up online for a while. Juice says, I rewatched the Derek Lewis versus Volkov fight. Do you think Volkov got complacent? No, nah, man, he got hit by a truck. Kennedy is the favorite at eight and one and minus 135. He enjoys a reach advantage, does Kennedy. Um, Kennedy has shown that he is very durable, has a very good chin, and hits hard, you know. And we're about to start, people. And We're off. Danilo goes looking for a right hand right off the bat, and then he goes for a single leg, goes to run the pipe, picks the leg up, has, take, has taken Kennedy down, taken the back of Kennedy, 
and he looks, oh, he's got a body triangle early in this fight. They're both dry. They're both strong. There's 4.45 seconds, 4 minutes and 45 seconds to go in the first round. And um, Danilo has a back. Danilo Marquez has a back. He's got the body triangle on, so it's on very, very tight. He looks to have this almost under his neck. But Kennedy's defending now. He's got one. Of, Kennedy's holding uh, onto Danilo's arms. So no secret with Danilo wants this. Now this is where it gets interesting because see that body triangle. It does tax your. It does tax Kennedy's body. It makes it hard for Kennedy to breathe. But it also takes a lot out of Danilo's legs. It really, really does. You know, it, like that isometric contraction. For that for that long of a time, it takes a lot out of your legs, and um, if he doesn't get it, those legs become a bit jelly-like later in the fight. You know, he's doing a bit of hammer fisting here on Kennedy, but Kennedy's doing a good job of defending. He's got one arm. He's got one arm. Nowhere near the throat, though. None of his arms. Neither one of Danilo's arms is anywhere near um, Kennedy's throat. Doing a good job of landing some of these shots up and around the throat, up around the neck and the ears of Kennedy, but he's not going to finish Kennedy from here, you know. And I do wonder how much this is going to tax out Danilo's legs. It's not a pleasant place for Kennedy either, though. You know, it's not a pleasant place at all. And he's looking for a, to start to try and set it up with a half Nelson, the re naked. Kennedy's leaning up against the fence, so it takes a little bit of that pressure from that of having to carry Danilo's weight. So it's interesting because one, you have to carry the guy's weight, but it also takes a, a big toll on you. Danilo is very smart as well. He's pushing off the cage, started pushing off the off the cage so that Kennedy couldn't um, use the cage to hold both of them up. But Kennedy's leaning his head up into the cage to take some of that weight. Um, and distribute it into, into the cage. Danilo's doing a good job of that, pushing him off the cage. So he pushes him off the cage, and then Danilo has, then Kennedy has to hold him up entirely. That's when it becomes a little bit more difficult for Kennedy. But right here, right now, this will definitely be ta uh, taxing the legs of uh, Danilo. Oh, Danilo puts this, this right arm now seems to be a lot deeper. This arm is deeper now. This right arm is a little deeper. Oh, he's got the left arm through. He has got the left arm through now. And it wasn't, it, he did have the left arm through. Now that it's starting to get more dangerous, the left arm is now through. Kennedy doing a good job of defending that arm and of not going to the ground and keeping his forehead as well on the cage. So it does help to dissipate some of that weight. Joseph says, what's going on, Coach? How was my week? My week was good, my friend. My week was good, but we're in lockdown now. You know, we're officially in lockdown. We can only leave the house for very few reasons. You know, we can only leave the house to exercise, to go get essential foods, and um, pretty much that's it, man. You know, go get COVID tested. That's it. 
so it's, it's rough it's pretty rough i'm lucky where i live i'm on the south coast so i live right near the beach so i get to exercise at the beach that's cool but it's yeah that that's all 37 seconds to go i do believe kennedy's going to survive this danilla has done a good job of um attacking and keep it going but i wonder how his legs are going to be in the second and third round because that isometric contraction is not easy juice says yeah bro manta rays a huge went out on my dinghy the other day the thing was double the size of my boat also being stung by a ray before it's like a wasp but a hundred times worse oh my god i can only imagine how bad that would be man i can only imagine how i've never been stung these aren't manta rays but these are just stingrays like just massive fucking stingrays um manta rays are huge though Christian Lorenz says, very strange Volker has a ray on his back even there are no rays in Russia. I do feel that that it is strange. It is a strange submission to get. Uh, strange tattoo to get. Juice says, I've got a sneaky feeling gun gets a submission. Could be, sir. Could be. Um, Juice says, Christian, he got it covered up a couple of months ago. I think he's got a samurai or something now. There you go. Um, so that's an interesting round. I give that obviously all to Danilo. But uh, he wasn't able to capitalize on it or finish it. And like I said, um, I'm interested to see how his legs are going to pull up after five minutes of complete isometric contraction. It does wear your legs out, my friends. It does wear your legs out. It would have been hard on Kennedy's breathing as well, but it. it, it yeah, let's see what happens in this round. I do think Danilo wants to get this to the ground. I don't think he's done enough to have worn Kennedy out any more than he has weighed, worn himself out. Kennedy from the South Pole stance. Nice reach from Kennedy. He's got very, he's very long, man. Very, very, very long. Danilo moving around, showing level changes, which is very nice. Level change is a really interesting thing. It's something that we'll talk about with some of the guys that we're training with at the moment. When you when you level change, it's not like, okay, one thing is a takedown, but it also, the person has to adjust. Ooh, nice little check hook with the right hand from um, Kennedy. Um, yeah, so when you level change, the other person has to meet you and adjust. And in that moment when you adjust, you can you can start getting your, your um, combinations off as well. So level change is very, very important. Not just faking the takedown, just from a point of view of you being able to um, make the person adjust. He's hit him with a little right hand again, um, Kennedy. Kennedy, in my opinion, is definitely the, the better striker. Single leg attempt by Danilo. Then he goes looking for an overhand right. Again with a single leg attempt. Then he goes right kick to the body. I do believe that Kennedy's setting up a left high kick. Nice little right hand by Danilo. I think the left high kick is going to come from Kennedy reasonably soon. Kennedy has very good range on his on his punches and kicks. Left this left hand lead that he's throwing. So he's throwing a nice left hand lead. Is Kennedy? Single leg again by Danilo and more of the same. He goes looking. He's at a broomstick sweep now. I don't think he's got the gas to keep going with that body triangle like that. I don't think it's I don't think it's a smart thing for him to do. 
Um, what I was going to say, got the broomstick sweep now, and now it's more dangerous for Kennedy. He's got the seatbelt grip. He's got both hooks in. Now he goes looking for the body triangle. The body triangle on the ground now like this from someone like Danilo is, again, it's still taxing on Danilo, but it's not as taxing as him, as him being on, up on his feet because he, he doesn't have to squeeze the shit out of him in this, in this stance here. Um, what I was going to say was I would have liked to see Kennedy throw the left-hand lead followed by a left high kick. Um, I really like those combinations. I like those types of combinations. And uh, when the person's hand comes in to block, it, the, the kick wraps around the outside when you throw like a left-hand lead, left high kick, or right-hand lead, right high kick. Um, Mark Whelan says, Hi, Fab, I just woke up. Sorry about being late, but I'm sort of here. I'll come good in a few minutes. Ha-ha. <laughs> yes, Sir, I know, Mark, man. I got up early to watch these the, the prelims, and I'm a, I'm a mess, man. I'm an absolute mess. Because I got up, I don't know, 4.45 or something, had a shower, got ready, and that. Now this the, the he went looking for a choke then, did Danilo, turned the face of Kennedy. Kennedy's doing a good job of defending, but um, once again, this is all Danilo. Kennedy, I think, now, look, when you get turned face down like this with the hooks in, I don't know, I don't know if Kennedy, Kennedy got up. How strong is this guy, man? That <laughs> They should teach that, that take that defense at all jiu-jitsu schools. I don't know how much this will have taxed um, Danilo because he put in a lot of effort and Kennedy, and there wasn't really a lot of damage done to Kennedy. Nice shots are starting to get through from Kennedy. One minute and 16 seconds to go in this second round. Kennedy's landing some shots. Danilo goes looking for a takedown. I do believe Kennedy's pushing the head down. Danilo has to try and survive this round. He has to try and keep Kennedy up against the, 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 the cage. He goes looking for a broomstick sweep again. He has to survive this round. I do believe that uh, this has taken a big... A chunk out of Danilo's um, cardio. The thing is that with all the grappling that Danilo's done, whilst he's winning the fight, and he's very, very dominant when he does it, there's not a lot of damage being done to Kennedy. So, and Kennedy's not so a lot of the stuff that Danilo was doing is an exertion of energy from Danilo himself, which is the, like the stuff like the body triangle hitting takedowns, which I mean they're all effective and they need to be done, but Kennedy in reality only had to um defend the defend the takedown which he, he didn't actually do that well but then was defend the the defend the re-naked choke which is not that oh 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 kennedy hits him with a right hook and a left hook okay so so see this is what i'm saying look the the energy consumption there was greater by danilo in this whole fight um now, if Kennedy can keep this fight standing in this third round, I believe he wins it. I think he'll catch Danilo. But if Danilo can get it to the to the ground again, it could be more of the same. Something's happened to Danilo's bottom. Or oh, maybe the 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 jock strap thing slid down. Um Juice says, let's go, Mark, get some green tea in TR. That's what I just finished drinking. Juice says, a level change example makes me think of Khabib's right hand on Connor. It seems super effective. I'm surprised you don't see it more often. 
Um, the thing with Khabib, it's a little different because you can do you can do that in boxing. Like good good boxers will will level change as well. Because in that moment you've got to adjust. But in MMA, a guy like Khabib, man, he really sells a takedown because his takedowns are so effective. So when he does those little level changes, you don't know what he's going to do. So he can throw that overhand right really, really well. TD Connoisseur says, um, send streaming links, lad. No streaming links, my friends. We're off, people. And Kennedy, ooh, Kennedy finds his range immediately, landing that lead left hand. Nice combinations here by Kennedy as Danilo's starting to wilt. Definitely starting to wilt. Danilo's up against the cage. Big shot starting to land by Kennedy. Danilo's hands are up. The shots are coming through. I do believe Kennedy's going to get this finish, and he got the finish. That is the end of the round, ladies and gentlemen. That is also the end of the fight. A fantastic job by Kennedy to survive the early onslaught by Danilo and then to come back strong in the way that he did. And that's what I was saying, Tiz. I don't know how much that energy consumption he'd be able to keep. Like, it's very, very, very hard. Like, the one, to get a takedown someone is hard. To capitalize, hold them down, that's great. But in that early, in that early um, exchanges, the body triangles standing up like that for five minutes where you're not doing a lot of damage uh, is really hard on you on the person doing the body triangle as well more for from from kennedy's more of a technical battle there like it, it's uncomfortable but standing up the body triangles are just more uncomfortable than anything you don't have the leverage on the ground the body triangle can be really really uncomfortable really really tight on you but at this level these guys are all tough they're all strong they're all fit so body triangles not you're not going to make someone tap like you'd make me tap now I'm fucking soft as baby shit, but like these guys like this no you're not going to make them tap like that. Um, John Dowie says, "Oh my God, I love you. You're the fucking man. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. Right back at you, my friend." Juice says, "I won't spaz out this morning. Five minutes later, oh oh oh." <laughs> I don't know if that's... Is that spazzing out, man? Is that spazzing out, Juice? Christian Lorenz says, hearing Bam Bam call Colby Covington a dog made my day yesterday. You know what it is? It's not It's not just what he says. It's how he says it, which is what makes Bam Bam interesting. Christian Lorenz says, wow, two massive over, overcome adversity performances by Kennedy at light heavyweight. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Great, great effort. Um he he did well to defend to defend that that um that re naked choke, but I'd also be a little bit concerned at how he got taken down. He got taken down with relative ease, and he was also controlled with relative ease as well. So that things to to look for. Um, Mark Whelan says that makes such much sense. He can dominate the ground game, but if he takes punishment, might be over there. Might be over. There you go. Kennedy gets it done. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Christian Lorenz says, Ulberg and Marks, yes, they were good fights. Both those fights. Roy C. Hi, Fab. Didn't realize the card was this early tonight. Well, for us, it's this morning. It's kicked off early this morning, my friend. Um, Moist Penguin says, was that not a questionable stoppage? The guy was covering with a high guard and blocking a lot of those shots, shaking my head. To be honest with you, man, I don't think it was an early stoppage. Um, it could have gone on a little longer. It could have. It could have. You're right as far as that's concerned. It could have gone a little early, a little longer. But um, 
honestly, to me, it was a pretty good stoppage. Like, if you watch the 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 round before that, he was um he was already fading, and Kennedy was already landing those shots, you know. And then in the second round, he was he was no longer not only he he was just covering up, but he was not mounting any kind of offense himself, and the shots were starting to get through. I don't think that even even Danilo will say um, that was a, a like he might feel it because he's a fighter, you know, he'll want to keep going. But the ref is there to protect him from himself, and not not fighting back is not intelligently defending yourself as well. So, um, I like the stoppage to be honest with you. I'm glad that that they stopped it like that. Um. Thomas Codling says, this dude has a crazy fight strategy, so still and calm. I, I think I think he's more still and calm than had an amazing fight strategy because I don't think his strategy was to, you know, get dominated for two rounds in the grappling because things could go, things could have gone pear-shaped as well, you know. Um, but he has a very, very, very good demeanor, very calm, very, like, like you said, very calm, very, very smart with the way he fights, you know. And he's able to just stay, keep it together, you know, uh, under that adversity. Juice says, Moist, I think that sometimes too, but to be fair, don't see fighters complain that much afterwards. Nah, man, like the ref, the ref is there to protect you, to protect the fighter. Um, the fighters are probably the worst person to defend themselves, like to protect themselves. Um so yeah, the ref's there to to protect the fighter. Not you can't leave like you can't leave that up to the fighter, you know. So when you're not defending yourself and you, the shots are starting to come through and you're you're backing off, and you could see that Danilo wasn't wasn't there anymore, you know. Um, Kennedy had already started to find his range on him earlier. I, I agree with that. Um, David Keating says, "Hi Fab, what are you drinking? I'm drinking organic kombucha." but it's cola flavored. I don't drink alcohol. And if I drank alcohol, like at 6am like this, empty stomach, the rest of it, I'd be fucking dead. Joseph says, coach, if you can humor me with an answer with this question, how would Prime Iron Mike fare with today's heavyweights, Fury, Wilder, Joshua? I, I don't know how he'd fare because I mean, you know, Tyson's fucking Tyson at the end of the day, you know, he, he's a monster, but, but these guys, like, I think the people get caught up in the nostalgia stuff. Like it's like almost sacrilegious to say, oh, um, uh, would Mike Tyson beat Muhammad Ali or blah, blah, blah. blah. And I, I just don't think it's, it's fair to compete, compare people outside of their era. When you see someone like Tyson Fury, he is a huge, huge man that can box, you know? Like, I, I I, don't know how he'd fare necessarily, Tyson, you know? Like, these guys nowadays, like, this, they're so tall, they could play basketball, you know what I mean? They're so tall, like, and they can box and they can move. And I think that the amount of money in that today's being thrown into boxing and combat sports like never before um across the board i'm talking about like mma and boxing and everything you don't you don't see that 
you know, like the guys even that, that fight in, say, glory, like a Verhoeven or someone like that, the amounts of money that there are in kickboxing today are comparable to what the, you know, not not Tyson. Tyson is like, I'm not talking about your foremans, Tysons or Ali's that are, that are, you know, household names, but I'm saying like, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, to make that kind of living and be like that kind of superstar in kickboxing would have been unheard of. So why do I say all of that? Because that then lends itself to cast a, uh, a wider net in the talent pool. And so you're getting guys from all over the world. You're getting all different styles. You're getting huge guys coming in there. I, I don't know, man. Like I think Tyson will always be in the mix. But, you know, guys like like – Joshua, you know, is a gold medalist at the Olympics, you know, like he's, you're, you're looking at guys with really good pedigrees that are huge guys, good chins that can fight, you know, so I don't know, I mean, he'd always be in the mix, any of those guys would always be in the mix, but I do think that it, that, that these guys are really, really good, you know, like it's, it's a different era, it's a very, very different era. Again, I'm not saying that Tyson wouldn't be able to compete because Tyson's a fucking monster, you know. And he'd always be able to compete. But you're talking about different animals now as well. Um, um, Nick202 says, what's up, Fab and chat? Hope you're all having a good day so far. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. And thank you for asking. Um, Sean O'Neill says, majority of fighters I've seen won't stop and rely on the ref stopping things if it gets one-sided. I thought it was a good stop. Yeah, man. The other thing you got to remember is when you're in there, like it's it, things don't happen. Like that's fight analysts are good, and it's good. Like I'm, I, I kind of am as well. Um, the problem is that a lot of them, when they do the, the the draw, and I'm not against this, by the way, I'm not against it. Um, but when you do the whole drawing, and they say, "Oh, this person punched like this," and then when this person weaved, you know, he didn't see that this guy had set up the left hook and. It doesn't quite happen the way that people are saying it. Like it's not a lot of the stuff is instinctual and it's just happening and you're full of adrenaline. And the a lot of these guys, especially in the upper echelons, will literally fight till the end, fight till there's nothing left. So you can't leave that to those guys to defend themselves. You know, you can't. The Aljamain Sterling took a lot of um criticism for for that, but you think like, dude, like this, I've got no doubt that Sterling under different circumstances, he's going to fight till, till the end, you know? And so no, it's a ref's job to protect the fighters. You know, I think if a fighter gets hit with an illegal knee like that, like such a flush knee to the head, that's a wrap. That's a fight. You know what I mean? That, that there's no question about that. You're there to protect the fighter. Um, and on the flip side of all of that, when you see something like this, like what we saw today, I think that was a great stoppage by the refs, and I don't think they get enough credit, you know, because he did protect the fighter. I'd rather see it finish one punch too early than one punch too late. The fighters are going to say, let me go out on my shield. I don't care, blah, 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 until we start seeing deaths in the, in the, in, in, in the UFC, you know, which nobody wants to see, man, you know. And, dude, you're not, you know, there's been deaths in boxing. There's, they're, they're coming too, you know. Same as like uh, longitudinal studies on CTE and brain damage. 
for MMA and the, the kind of damage some of these guys are taking, like it's they're coming as well, you know. Uh, Christian Lorenz says a prime Tyson will still give these heavyweights many problems. He's a very special heavyweight. I agree. I do agree with that. I don't. I don't. I can't say to you, oh, um, you go in there and smash him because these guys are fucking good, man. But Tyson is is a very very special heavyweight himself. Um, Mark Whelan says, I think Mike had so much power that he would dominate most people, but Tyson Fury can really box. He's not just a big man, but he has lots of skill. It would be interesting to ponder. You know something? I interviewed Buster Douglas, and uh, unfortunately, the interview is really, really poor quality. Um, we were doing a streaming, and it just didn't work. That's why also people ask me why why I don't do the um, a lot of the interviews, because sometimes... It's really hard, man. Sometimes you do. It, it takes a long time to get the interview. And then, um, like, when you do it, they don't have the correct equipment or whatever. And it doesn't, it, the, the stream doesn't come out good. But anyways, in, in that interview, when I spoke to Buster Douglas and I asked him, like, does Tyson hit? How hard does he hit? He goes, he hits hard. He hits really, really hard. But he doesn't hit that hard compared to a lot of the other heavyweights. This is his words, not mine. And I was like, okay, cool, you know. But he goes, still hits plenty hard. But the thing with Tyson is you don't see the shots coming. Like, he'll be in front of you, and then he drops his level, you know, and he's going left, right, right on the bottom there. You can't see him. And the hooks come out of nowhere. The uppercuts come out of nowhere. And so you don't see the shots coming. And that's what Buster was saying is that's that's the biggest thing for Tyson. Not The power, it, it wasn't it wasn't like that crazy it's just that the power comes from somewhere you can't see it and so it catches you flush and knocks you the fuck out um christian loren says ali as well a prime ali with his style is something that is timeless at heavyweight and would be very hard to replicate the thing is man that ali when he won the world heavyweight title just to give you an idea when we're talking about comparing people outside of their eras ali would have only been about 90 kilos which is a cruiserweight kind of thing today, you know? Like, it's not, it's not, um, it's not like a true heavyweight. Like, some of those guys that you, you're talking about, like, man, like the Klitschko's, uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, they're, they're huge men, man. They're huge, huge men. They can box as well, especially some, you know, you know, like, say, for example, Joshua, like I said, gold medalist at the Olympics. Like, these guys are huge guys that can box. Fury can box, you know, um, and he's huge. So I don't even know that Ali would be a heavyweight in today's, um, yeah, in today's world. You know, I, I don't know that he, he'd necessarily box at that weight. It's, it's, that's why I say it's hard to rip, it's hard to talk about people outside of the era. You watch it like, you watch the NBA and people go, oh, blah, 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 man, like, these guys in their time were just fucking fantastic. Could they compete in today's NBA? Maybe, maybe not. Um, maybe it'd even be better for them, the, 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 the style. Um, and Juice says the same thing that I just said. It's hard to compare different eras. Mark Whelan says Ali was legendary, one in a million fighter. He was, but again, I think he was a fantastic boxer. Um, I think there's also another bigger thing with Ali is that the story that's told outside of boxing with, um, I think, what it meant at the time 
also gets us caught up in a, and I'm a massive Muhammad Ali fan, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about him, but I'm just saying, look, I think there's a massive nostalgia, massive amount of respect, all, all, all well deserved, that um, always throws a cloak of, um, of maybe I don't know if inaccuracy is the term I'm looking for. I think we all want. We all, myself included, all we all want to say Ali will beat this guy. Ali will beat that guy. Yeah, maybe I, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, like if you look at at the actual facts, I don't know that he he would necessarily even be a heavyweight. You know, um, I don't know. That's what the, the like we. I think we get caught up in the in the magic of his uh, of the Muhammad Ali legend sometimes in that. Um, He's bigger. He's bigger than boxing is what I'm trying to say. I'm not, I'm not trying to run Muhammad Ali down. I'm saying like he's bigger than boxing. His achievements were bigger than boxing. And so we get caught in that, you know. So I think sometimes people don't don't understand as well like that all your achievements sometimes don't like just because you achieved amazing things um, outside of boxing as well. You can get beat by guys that aren't that good guys and like – as good human beings as you and and they can still beat you you know what i mean um so yeah ali is different because when when you can't help but say muhammad ali and you're not really even thinking about his boxing like my mom would know who muhammad ali is and she'd have no idea who anthony joshua or um anyone else is Um, Sean O'Neill says, yeah, that's a great point that Gastelum Adesanya fight could have been stopped 10 or 12 times. I think that Gastelum Adesanya fight in particular in the fifth round should have been stopped, That, but not should have been stopped, not shitting on the refs because it happened quick too, but there's a perfect example. Gastelum's not going to quit and he looks fine now. You have no idea how much damage he would have taken in that fight, in training, yeah, because I think Rob beat Gastelum in a way that made it look easier, you know. But that I feel that was always going to happen. I think Rob's just like a, a a bigger, faster version with more vocabulary to his strikes than than is Gastelum. But Israel beat him up really badly, you know, really, really badly, particularly in that fifth round. If I remember, if I'm remembering that correctly, yeah, it was the fifth round. He really, really, like he hurt him, you know, and Gaston's never, ever going to quit, you know, ever. Um, man, my internet, my fights aren't working, which kind of defeats the purpose of having a, uh, a podcast about fights. Um, Joseph says, speaking of Sterling, any news when the rematch is, is happening? I'm not sure, mate. Not sure. Nick202 says, unpopular opinion. Sterling was doing really well in the first two rounds, so technically he was winning before the knee. I, I don't know if he was winning the fight, from my opinion. You know, I, I didn't think he was winning. I, But this is just me. This is my opinion. I thought he was doing well, but the feeling I got was that 
the feeling, the fight, the, the feeling of the fight was um Yan was just beating him down slowly, you know. And I think he got dropped in the first round from memory. Um Moist Penguin says Israel is so open to getting to getting leg kicked half the time, but people don't throw it. I hope Rob incorporates that. Cejudo is one of the only guys to kick Demetrius Johnson and Dominic Cruz, and look what happened. Yeah, I think, I don't know, Israel Israel is is somewhat susceptible to leg kicks, but he's also got a big, big length advantage with a lot of people, and with the small gloves, you have to be within kicking range, and he can hit you, he can punch you from relatively far away. Um Justin Wilness had a lot of success in that, but he, with bigger gloves and a high guard, he was able to throw the combinations and throw the leg kicks. When Israel pulls back, he can throw the leg kick as well. I don't, I wouldn't say that Israel is so open to getting leg kicked, but I think that there are things you can do to leg kick Israel for sure. But it's a, it's not, it's not easy, man. It's not a, an easy thing. You're not going to just, uh, run in and leg kick Israel like that. Um, okay, Moicano's in. He's a minus 250 favorite. I'm glad that the internet came back. <laughs> Joseph says, I actually think Foreman has more power than Mike. Dif different, man. Different type of power, I think. Foreman has like a thudding, crushing blow. He's like, Foreman is more like Mike Tyson than, than um, the Foreman is more like a Mark Hunt with the way he hits, you know? And then there's guys that just have that crisp, bang, one-shot power kind of thing because it comes from speed, it comes from funny angles, and that's more Tyson. Um, Joseph Juice says, Fab hates Ali. No, I don't, mate. No, I don't. Huge Muhammad Ali fan, mate. Love the way he boxed. Um, and I think that the a big achievement is the fact that, as a, like people talk about Mike Tyson being a small heavyweight, but Ali wasn't a big heavyweight at all. Okay, this is interesting, guys, because in this lightweight bout, both these guys have good stand-up. Moicano doesn't mind a good boxing match. And they're already moving and fainting, both of them. Herbert looks really, really good. Moicano goes looking for a, a takedown. He's got the double underhooks, and he's pushed Herbert up against the cage, and he gets a takedown. Nice work by Moicano. Moicano can do some work on the ground too, man. He's got really good grappling. He's already starting to pass. He's elevated himself a little bit, and he's looking for this half guard. Um, we, uh, Herbert did a great job. I was just about to say he's done a great job of keeping that knee, that knee line in between he and Moicano, so Moicano can't pass into the half guard. But um, Moicano gets a takedown again, and now he's flattened him out and looking for the half guard pass again. Um, Joseph says, when you get a chance, you should watch a documentary called The Kings on Showtime. It's about Duran, Hagler, Hearns, and Leonard. It's a real eye-opener. I will do, sir. I will do. I will do. I'm a big fan of those guys. Joseph says, add juice. Time to cancel Coach Fab. <laughs> you people are monsters, man. You people are absolute monsters. So Moicano went from half guard to side control then put himself back in the in in half guard uh herbert's he's got he's got nice little work here that he's doing with his hook to elevate moicano to try and get himself to his feet moicano again looking to pass 
Now he's passed and he's got the full mount. His hips are nice and low. What um, Herbert's trying to do is pummel his legs on the inside of um, of Moicano's legs so that he can get his knee in under the knee line, uh, in under the, like, where the, kind of the, the, the front of the shin is. Gives you a little bit of space to get your half guard back, which I believe he's almost done. See, that's what he's doing with that left leg. He's got to get it back in. He's got to get that leg, left leg straight and on the ground. And try, yes, there we go. He's got his legs back. Moicano is trying to keep him on the mats, and Herbert's trying to get to his feet. Moicano's doing a great job of this, but it's it's taking a lot of energy from both guys. They're fighting at a really hard pace, man. Um, which is interesting because they they both like to strike, but Moicano I think has obviously got the, the advantage on the ground. Moicano is in full mount. Herbert's trying to stop him from posturing up and landing big shots. Moicano's got two minutes to work here from the mount. I'm impressed with Herbert's ability to retain guard and get back to his feet. Nice work. Now, Herbert has spun, put Moicano with his back to the cage. Excuse me. And um, at some point, Moicano can't keep that pace with a, with a takedown. Oh, right hand lands by Herbert. Nice shot by Herbert. And Moicano can't keep, like, you can't keep grabbing someone and taking them down, taking them down like that, and not being able to hold them and 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 hurt them. It is a very, very, very difficult thing to do. And that's when someone like Herbert can start to find his range, and he has. He's got one minute and 20 seconds to go. Look for Moicano to try and survive this round and then try and finish with, uh, then start with takedowns again early in the second round. Because otherwise his gas tank's going to go, he's not going to last the three rounds, and Herbert's Got very, very nice, smooth um, striking. Sits behind a really, really fast jab and throws a lead right hand so well. Oh, nice left hook. He catches it. He catches Moicano. Moicano was able to roll with it a little bit, but Herbert's going to catch him like this. If they stay standing, Herbert's got too, mu too much, way, way too much good movement, way, way too much effortless striking he does. 44 seconds to go in this first round and my... Good shots landing by Moicano. 35 seconds to go. Herbert's doing a good job of trying to get his guard back. Definitely Moicano's round, but he needs to get Herbert to the ground. Definitely on the feet. Whilst Moicano enjoys a good little boxing match, he does not have the hands to deal with, with Herbert at, at on the feet. So Herbert's back almost into a full guard. Nine seconds to go. And that's the round. Both guys survive. Mark Whelan. Yeah, good, but Tyson was not only quick, but he had power with speed. Absolutely. And that is a great ability to have the amount of fights that didn't last longer than most. And Ali might not have been a big man, but he fought bigger men. Yeah, he did. Absolutely did. Um, Mick202 says, Rob's win over Gaston is much more impressive because he pretty much outskilled a very skilled fighter. With Izzy, it was back and forth. Yeah, I mean... I, I I think um yeah it's it's hard to compare like I said I think the way they match up I never really thought I thought for Gaslam to beat Rob he really would have to catch him with something I don't I whilst I think Gaslam is a very skilled fighter I just think that the way that they um that they match up is not not 
I don't see where he beats Rob. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I I, I just don't see how how you know other than catching him. Who is Philly fighting today? Says Juice um, Daniel Pineda. It's just the way people match up. That's no disrespect to Gaslam. I think that's just I don't I don't see how he beats him. I, I can see he, I could see how he might potentially at the time that they fought beat Israel. Now nowadays today I I think if he fought Israel it'd be a completely different fight. I think Israel will beat him much differently because I I think Israel has grown and understands as well. He's got better understanding of the ground game and of what Gaston could do on the ground. So that that's a big difference there. And Israel knows that. I think the the, the confidence is different. I think I think Gaston is different as well. Um, up until that point, the Israel fight, he'd been on an absolute tear at middleweight. Um, Moicano has taken, got in the takedown early. That's four minutes and thirty seconds to go in that in the second round. He's taken the back. He's taken back the mount. So good job. That's what I said. I think I see him coming out and and going for the takedowns early in the second after he's had a bit of a breather. He did go for the takedown and he did was successful with it early in the first, late in the first rather as well. Herbert's doing a good job of getting his guard back, but it's extremely tiring, guys. This is extremely tiring. This situation now when you get taken down and you start to be held down and the guy passes your guard and you have to fight to get your guard back and you're taking damage is very, very taxing. Amoikano has a full mount and you can see that Herbert's struggling now to get his guard back. And when he does, Amoikano just starts to pass again. And that, my friends, is very, very, very difficult to counter. Because that starts to tie you out so much and you're pushing with your arms to get your, to push their hips away and create some frames to give you some space. But um, it starts to tax you because you need your arms to box as well. Now he's got that underhook, does Herbert. He's manages to get, use the fence to get up. And Moicano, relentless with the takedown, goes looking for a broomstick sweep now. Good job by Moicano. Gets a takedown again. Takes the back. I do believe he's going to get a finish uh, either in this round or the third. Yeah, he's got this re-naked almost, but Herbert does a good job of capitulating, giving the back and looking for the half guard. But he's starting. There's there's moments where you have to go like shin in, turn, get your half guard, but you can't stop. And and some And when the guy starts to get tired, he starts to do it in stages, and then you, you start to fall behind and fall behind and fall behind. So you, you can grapple, you can do stuff for one round, for two rounds, but you can't keep doing it for, for three rounds, four rounds like that. Now you can see he's starting to not be able to get his regain the guard, and Moicano's got the position, he's got the full mount. And I see Herbert starting to struggle here as Moicano can land more and more. Ground and pound. Moicano's doing a good job of not giving him too much space either to let him uh, move. He's not getting overzealous with his strikes, which would create space because that's the other thing people don't understand. When you hit hard or you hit a lot, so to speak, um, you start to create space for the other guy to escape. And basically what Moicano's doing here is just completely smothering him and completely gassing him out. You know, to take away a lot of those advantages that Herbert enjoys on the feet, which are the fluid hands and the good movement 
I think this will really stifle a lot of um, Herbert's striking. He may not finish him in this round, but it will definitely stifle the striking. If if Moicano gave up space to let um, Herbert strike, I mean, if Moicano gave up space to strike Herbert, um, Herbert might be able to get to his feet and, and continue to box. Nice strikes. This is very smart work by Moicano. So what Moicano does is, and it sounds really simple, but it takes a, a long time to get it. You have to do, you have to do ground and pound when the person is trying to do jiu-jitsu with you. And when they're defending that, you you go back to, oh, nice shots. Moicano's starting to hit him. 42 seconds to go. Starting to land some shots now. Starting to land some big shots. Is Moicano. Herbert's in a lot of trouble here. Body triangle. From this position, the body triangle's a motherfucker. This is going to be the wrap. This is going to be it. It's done. Um, Ofam says, when I first saw this match, I thought Volkov, Volkov gets smashed. Ofam says, but I really have no idea. Ofam says, howdy, Fab. I mean, anyone could get smashed at any time, but Volkov's a legit legit man Nikki202 says the Wilmers fight versus Izzy was really good and goes to show that Izzy does not like being pressured no one likes being pressured man no one likes being pressured um the thing is you have to give credit when you watch it you have to give credit to um Wilmers you have to understand it was still a close fight like it wasn't like it wasn't like Wilmers had it all his way and there were a lot of risks involved for, for Wilmers to do what he did um again people say the game plan worked really really well if things had gone even one percent different and wilness got caught everyone would be saying that was a that was shit that was such a shit game plan blah 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 so wilness came forward the other thing that allows for that to happen is the fact that you have bigger gloves and wilness can come in with a high guard and he can land those um he can he can land those combinations and put the high guard up and throw the leg kicks but um, it's very, very hard to do. Very, very hard to do. And there's no guarantee that if they fought again with the exact same game plan and Israel fought exactly the same way, that one, only one of Israel's shots gets through right on the chin and changes the game. Um, Juice says, ah, yes, thanks, Roy. I don't see it going the distance. Touch your feely by Tico, maybe. Man, I was really impressed by Daniel Pineda against um, Burns, against Herbert Burns. So I don't know that he necessarily wins this fight that Philly beats him like that because I think on the ground, Pineda has an advantage. Mark Whelan says, Fab, I really enjoy your no-shit answer to some of our questions. It really opens up our thinking on certain points. Cheers, my man. Well, thank you, sir. I am very, very um, flattered to hear that, man. I really appreciate it. Gisley Grimson says, no sound. What do you mean? You can't hear me? Um, Nick202 says, in hindsight, and how Rob was feeling before his break, do you think Rob was versus Kelvin at 234 would have went the same way? Um, like I said, like I, I, I only, only talk about fights. You know, I don't talk about what was said or what thing or how people are feeling. Like, because everything's subjective other than what you're seeing in the fight. You know what I mean? 
Um, and I'm not even talking about Rob here. Like when fight when a fighter or whatever says, um, I feel like this or I did this or blah blah blah. That's th- 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 those things are subjective, and you don't even know what the truth of a, of anything is. So I'm only talking about the fights. The fights I don't see. Like I said, like outside of Gaslam catching Rob, which Gaslam, and this is only against Rob. I'm saying like there's certain fighters that are going to give other fighters problems, and I think Rob is a bad matchup for Gaslam. I really do. Um, I don't see how Gaslam outside of catching Rob beats him, just because I know Rob's skills and I knew Gaslam's skills. I don't see Gaslam out grappling Rob. I don't see Gaslam out striking Rob. I don't see Gaston now boxing Rob, and I don't see Gaston. If like if they were going to just box in the pocket, yeah, then Gaston could catch Rob, but that's not how Rob's going to fight him. And I don't see how Gaston was going to get past Rob's kicks to get into range. And then I know how fast Rob's like reaction times are to things, you know. So outside of him just catching him on the button, I don't see Gaston beating him. Um. And I didn't think Gaston was going to out wrestle him or out grapple him. That that was my 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 take on that. Um, Sean O'Neill says, "Can't wait to see Ty fight again. He's really exciting." Yes, he is, sir. Juice says, "You know when there's a stalemate of one guy standing and the other guy on the ground, refs always stand fights up. Do you think BJJ specialists should be allowed to stay on the ground? I don't believe in stand up. Say, hey, I think if you get taken down, it's on you to get up and and here's the thing, it's not a stalemate, in my opinion, it's not a stalemate if you got taken down. The other guy's winning, you know what I mean? Like, you think about any fight, if you if you were at the bus stop waiting and some guy crash-tackled you and held you down and you missed your bus, then he assaulted you, you know what I mean? It's not, he. It, 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 what you, you wouldn't say, oh, I got taken down by some guy at the bus stop and he held me down for five minutes and um it was a pretty even fight other than that like no nah, he, he you know you got manhandled you know what i mean like it's you wouldn't want that yes yeah, so I, I i don't believe in 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 stand-ups um royce royce c says feels that that philly gets a w against Benetta. could be could be James Hanold says the baby is getting too interested in watching the fight, so your breakdowns are a more wholesome way for us to enjoy them. Yeah, she's she's a funny one, man. She's a funny one. This Nicholas Dalby guy is a good fighter, man, and it's it's a it's an interesting thing, like how um, fights happen, you know, and how people's careers progress and how they go in different directions. He had a draw with Darren Till. Darren Till went on to be one of the bigger names in the sport has fought um for the belt fought former champions for big names in the sport but he went that way Dalby had a draw with him and got matched up against two guys that were probably tough matchups for him and he's relatively unknown it's just a funny thing the way that it works guys i'm going to get um more tea because i'm fucking freezing
So Saint says, greetings from Toronto, Fab. Greetings to you, sir. Greetings right back at you. So Saint says, is it midnight over there? No, it's 6.30 in the morning now. 6.30 in the morning. Um, Mark Whelan says, at Juice, don't they tell them to stay active if they're both doing nothing? I think that's when they stand them up. Yeah, they do, but it's also like the onus is very much on the attacking fighter, which I think is um, is kind of counterintuitive to the fight because you're the one, the one defending should be the one that has to improve their position, you know? Whereas a, a fighter that, and I'll get why they're doing, this isn't even a criticism, this is just an, a, an observation. Um, so if I take you down and I'm holding you down, and I'm like the onus is not on you to try and get up. Look, you can you can close your guard and grab me and hold me to you. And if you do that, they're going to stand us up. So the advantage is definitely for the guy that's that's um, that's that's defending because the reality is you can't hold me like that in perpetuity. So you might hold me there for a minute if you're really fit, a minute and a half. And then what? You're going to gas. You know, like you're going to get tired. You can't just keep holding the person down. You're the one that's going to have to give space. You're the one that's going to have to um, allow me to posture up. But the way that the rules are is like you can actually hold the person more or less. And it's the onus is on the attacking fighter, which is the person that took the take, that, that already attacked and got the takedown to create space to allow you to move. You know, so that it's kind of counterintuitive to the way a real fight would go because if you get if if somebody took you down and you held on for dear life and they just waited you're going to gas like you can't you can't hold someone like that forever whereas like this they'll they'll let you do that and then they'll stand you up um Bulk of striking is strong and has the reach. Yes, sir. Brian ate, uh, um, Dan Hardy at home yelling, stop the fight at the screen. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what happened with that with that Dan Hardy thing. Eh? I'm not, not, not exactly sure. Um, Nick202 says, since Izzy is somewhat susceptible to leg kicks, do you think someone could implement his own strategy of leg kicks and running away to score a boring but clear 49-46 against him? I... I don't see Israel, are you saying his own strategy of leg kicks and running away? I don't see Israel fighting like throwing leg kicks and running away at all. And I don't find his style clip boring at all. What Israel does is he's very smart because he's able to angle off as he's moving back, which is incredibly difficult to do. That's why it's so hard to reach him. And he's got such good length and reach that when he angles off on you, and finds that angle is able to land really fucking hard, strong leg kicks. He's got a lot of finishes too on his on his resume, man. Like it's like he's got a couple of decisions or whatever, and people are already criticizing. It's it's funny how fickle fans are, you know. But um, yeah, no, like I I think I I think he's got a very very good style. I think it's you have to kick with a kicker. If you don't kick with someone like Israel, he, you're going to capitulate too much length too much space but um yeah man i don't know if someone can leg can leg kick him to a decision win i i don't i don't know if that's the case 
Minus 140 favorite is Tim Means in this fight. Mark Whelan at Sasank. I agree 100%. I think if he can keep it at a distance, then he should dominate. Then again, who knows what will happen. Agree with you, Mark. Agree with that as well. Gio says, I heard a ridiculous start stat from Jack Slack regarding Izzy. Previous to the Vittori fight, people have people have threw nine leg kicks at him with seven landed. Do you think going for the legs body is a viable stra uh, strategy? Yeah, 100%, but it is. Of course it is. But you have to be able to do it. Do you get what I mean? That's what people don't, don't get. You know, you have to be able to do a nice head kick by means. Now that both guys exchanging in the middle, they'll be what a nice. He's got a, I believe he does have a karate background as well. <laughs> nice movement here by both these guys of jujitsu black belt, but nice throw by means. Nice lateral drop by means. Tim Means is a nasty man, man. Um, yeah, it is. It is a viable uh, strategy, one hundred percent. But um, you know what? You also have to look at, like, you know, they say there's a saying that says lies, dirty lies, and statistics. Mean means already with a pass. So means has the pass early against Dalby. Dalby has an underhook on the correct side. He needs to create some space and get his hip back. Means doing a really, really good job of keeping that side control. Side control is hard to, to, to keep in MMA. Yeah. Um, there's also reasons why people don't, you know. There's also reasons. He may not, he may not be that pleasant to be in there with Israel and you throw a leg kick and his reach is right there and he can land counter shots, you know. It's a, it's a different length when you're in there with someone that, that tall, that long. So, yeah, I do, but, and also, I agree that people should kick more, that, or you, you can kick more, that you should kick more, whatever. I don't know if that's even the correct wording, but, right, but you have to credit how good he is, you know. There's a reason for that. It's not like people are just, oh, we're just stupid. We don't throw leg kicks or body kicks. A dude's fucking good striker, and for you to throw a leg kick or any sort of strike on him, you have to be standing up to do that. Um. And he's got really good understanding of distance and that. He's not standing there in front of you for you to kick him. Um, so it's a difficult, it's a difficult one. But I do believe, yeah, of course, especially when he when he leans back to throw that body kick or that leg kick is a really, really smart time to do it. But it's not as easy as just going, oh well, you know, how about throwing the leg kicks? Like, fuck, dude. You know, it would be a really good, um, a really good way or a really good this almost exactly the same kind of thing. If you could put Khabib on his back, that's probably where he'd be the most susceptible for you to get a win. You know what I mean? If you could out-wrestle Khabib and put him on his back, then you're probably going to beat him. All right. Go go right ahead. That's that's my strategy to beat Khabib. Out-wrestle him and put him on his back. What the fuck? How? how? It's not an easy thing to do. It's a real. It's real. If you got a guy in there that without that good striking could out-wrestle Khabib and put him on his back time and again, he's going to win. Not easy to do, man. Not easy to do at all. So Dalby has gotten back up to his feet. There's one minute and 37 seconds to go in this um, first round. 
Means did a good job of getting the takedowns, holding Dalby down, but um, he hasn't he hasn't been able to capitalize on that. And Dalby seems to be coming back quite strong in the end of this first round. Thus far, I'll give the whole round two means. Dalby's already cut on the right eye. Dalby goes looking for an outside kick. I like this karate stance, and I think he's starting to get into the fight a little bit more, is Dalby. Southpaw stance now from Dalby. He's got switching switching of stances. Nice lever shot. Big left hand landed by Tim Means. Then he shoots in on a single leg with 53 seconds to go. What a nice left hand. Dalby, Dalby hasn't really seemed to find found his rhythm in this fight, and I think that Means is the reason for that. Means has done a great job of just being on him from the very, very start. And beating him to the punch literally everywhere. Um, 22 seconds to go. Tim Means doing a fantastic job. And he seems to, he, he's, Oh, Dalby goes looking for a double leg of his own. I'm really impressed with Tim Means. Really impressed. Um, Christian Lorenz says, should Volk harass Ortega with the Cronulla style right the next time he crosses paths with him? Too soon, sir. Too soon. Brian Weiss says, he talked about Israel and leg kicking against him like 20 minutes ago, clowns. <laughs> um, um, I'm going to miss a few of these guys. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, Alex Collis says, Morning, Fab. What's for, what's for brekkie? i got egg whites, scrambled eggs with sriracha sauce. Um, no breakfast for me, mate. Not for a while. I generally don't eat breakfast. Um, I eat later on in the day. And that's like... I'm planning to make a little barbecue of uh, abalone and lobster that we caught yesterday when we went out spearfishing. Um, okay. Brian Weiss says, a guy asked the same thing as you like two comments ago before you kangaroo clown. All right, let's just, let's just be nice to each other, guys. Let's just be nice to each other. You know, we're all going through a lot of getting emotional. Nice exchange here by both guys in the middle. Dalby changed it up a little bit, looking for a, a takedown of his own. Both guys exchanged. Dalby's much more aggressive in this round. Tim Means is a tough dude, man. Rugged, tough dude. Double underhooks by Dalby now. Means doing a good job of defending. Turns Dalby up against the cage. Dalby's got deep underhooks. I like that they'll be starting to mix it up because he, he he has to get Tim Means respect. He can't let Tim Means keep walking forward, you know. Outside leg kick landed by Tim Means. Uh, Alex Collis says, got money on Barcelos on Ghani. Will donate 20% of my winnings if Fab's picks take the W. All right, man. All right. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate that. I, I'm not telling you to bet, though. So. 
I'm not telling you to bet. I think that Barcelos fight is going to be a tough fight, man. I think it's going to be a tough fight. He's a fantastic fight. I'm a huge fan. Um, Dalby's moving quite well, but he's getting he's he's getting beat by Tim Means. Though. Almost ate a high left kick. Hits Tim Means with a little right hand there. He's got an awkward. Oh, Tim Means is nasty, man. He's like in there throwing dirty elbows, knees. Um, Dalby's Dalby's kind of technical, but he's just getting manhandled by by Means. Really, uh, uh, I'm a Tim Means fan, mate. Nice left lead to the body, followed by a right hook to the ear of Dalby. Dalby coming forward, hitting Tim's with one, two, or just missed with the left hand lead. Does Dalby? Dalby goes looking for a takedown. Tim Means does a great job of sprawling. Two minutes and 34 seconds to go. Dalby switches to orthodox. Both guys exchanging to the body. Tim Means looks like he may have slowed down a tad. I think Dalby can capitalize on this if he's if he doesn't load up on his shots and just starts to land the jabs a little bit. But Tim Means is so nasty, man. Nice left, nice left kick landed to the head of Means. Nice little combination starting to land now by Dalby, but Tim Means answers with a left hook of his own. I think if Dalby doesn't load up and just concentrates on just landing the shots on Tim Means, he could start getting himself right back into the fight. Tim Means holding him up against the cage now. Dalby circles off. I do think Tim Means has slowed down a fair bit considerably. And Dalby has an awkward style. I'd like to see him just touch Means. Just touch him with a jab. Means with a left body kick. Dalby up against the cage now. Means with another rip to the body. Nice elbow over the two elbows over the top by Means. One minute and 26 seconds to go in the second round. Oh, nice inside leg kick by Means. Nice work. Means goes looking for, look to me like a, a, a some sort of guillotine, either a, a cow catcher or a front choke or, or a anaconda. And now he's taken the side control of Dalby. I think there were moments, he, Dalby had moments in this fight, but Mean is just a nasty guy, man. Just a nasty, nasty guy. Juice says, Fab has officially reached Iceland. Man, I want to go to Iceland. That is one of the places I want to fucking go. That's always been one of the places I want to go. Mark Whelan says, come on, guys. No need to insult people. Please keep it respectful. Thank you, sir. Royce says, I'm aboard the Gun hype train, but Volkov presents a type of test we haven't seen Gun pass before. I think Gun." Gun wins, but Volkov is better betting value. I have to agree. I have to agree with all of that. Alex Collis says, Morning, uh, what's for breakfast? Yep. Um, Nick Toto says, no, nah, I meant someone else kicking Izzy and disengaging, kind of like what Izzy did against Yoel. Again, it just depends on who 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 fights who, man. The matchups matter a lot. Like when I was saying what I was saying with as far as Rob and Gastelum, it's not that I'm, I think Gastelum's a very good fighter. I just think the way they match up is bad, you know? And and so on and so forth with different different people, you know. It, not everyone can do whatever it is. Sub ten says Fab based on Anderson Silva's recent boxing performance, could he win against Roy Jones Jr.? Like nowadays, could he beat Roy Jones Jr.? I don't know. 
you know what I mean? I really don't know. Like they're, they're all older and the rest of it. But Roy Jones Jr. in his prime in boxing versus Anderson Silva in his prime in boxing, no. I don't think he'll beat him, no. Outside of just catching him with something, no. It's a different thing, dude. Like you can't, you can't compare people again outside of the eras, you know. And it's definitely not Chavez Jr.'s era anymore, you know. And they're both both older, but people age different. You know what I mean? People age different. People carry injuries. Like people say, like say for example, oh, um, you know when you watch these things on, and they go like, oh, he's fifty five and he's doing jujitsu. What's your excuse? And like, dude, that's the fucking dumbest thing ever because not all 55-year-olds are the same. You could have had herniated discs your whole fucking life from when you're 25 onwards and you, you at 55 are not going to be able to move and you'd be the last, the worst thing for you to do if you have that is to do jiu-jitsu at 55. We're off in the third round, guys. So why I say that is like once you're past your prime, it... it you know, it's interesting, but it's not It's not like the same. Oh, Sim gets rocked a little bit. He's rocked. This is why I'm saying Delby just has to touch him. He just has to touch him. Now, this is uh, Delby. It's like um, he's he, he, he has the tools, but his tactics and strategies just aren't, aren't the best. Like this now is only to, to Tim's benefit. You know, he caught him, and now Tim's able to... Um, you know, hold hold on to him and regain his um, faculties. He caught Tim with a really nice shot, and yeah, both rounds are Tim's, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Nick Tortu says I don't think Israel is a boring fighter at all, but he does his best when people are engaging first. He pretty much becomes a point fighter without counter striking. Um, I think he's just a, yeah, I think what Mark Whelan says there is he's a really clever fighter. He knows what to do and when to do it. The thing that gets people against him is his arrogance. Look, yeah, I, I agree. He's He he just knows when to do what when he fights. I think that that's the the, the thing with Israel and, and his fighting ability, you know. I think, um, like, you know, people go, oh, you should finish this or you should do. Man, he fucking was trying to finish people you know and if you could get the finish you would but it's it's tough man like these people are tough and he knows what to do in the fight great work here by um by tim means to survive that shot because that shot wobbled him and now he's pushed Dalby up against the cage and he's doing a great job of clearing his head and winning this fight you know i think that Dalby did really well to to hurt him and then he needed to break off and continue to touch him i think dalby has a lot of skills i think it's one of those situations where you're looking now at the the tactics and the strategy within the fight um because he does have a lot of skills he's got an, a nice like kind of awkward karate style that he then he does well with and he can he obviously comes to fight but um but this is Tim Means game. This dirtiness, the and I don't call him a dirty fighter as in like he's dirty mean people in the balls. I'm talking about he's dirty as in grimy. He likes to get in there and mix it up, throws elbows in the clinch and you know, and he's got now Dalby up against the cage. And this is all for Tim Means. This is all all him. Uh Ophon says, Do you think the UFC will ever get to the point where they make Six hundred thousand US dollars a year as the lowest paid member of the promotion. No, hundred percent no. One thousand percent no. The UFC 
is at a point where they could, but they're not going to do that. There's no fucking way because for the simple reason that people would fight for a lot less, you know, the fighters will fight for way less. One minute and 51 seconds to go. Nice exchanges here. They'll be starting to catch him. But then he gets pushed up against the cage. And Means does his work from here. He does a great job from this position here, Means. To, even to hold it and make it dirty. That's another thing. Not that I'm not saying Dalby's doing this, but when fighters complain about someone holding them up against the cage and da-da-da, like, dude, it's on you. You know, it's a fight. Like, if you wanted to be out in the middle of the octagon boxing, it's on you to get yourself in that position, on you to box. <laughs> here, there's some good hand fighting occurring here. Tim Means doing a fantastic job, man. Dalby trying to arm drag out. He's had some success. He has to circle. Circle, Dalby. Circle. Just really important things, man, like circling back to somebody's asking about switch hitting before, and that's what I'm saying. Like there's some certain fundamentals you have to learn before you even worry about that. One of them is like you got to get your back to the center of the of the cage or the or the ring. You know, you can't be fighting like this on the cage when you're losing. Great job by um Tim Means, man. And he got so wobbled in that third round that for him to come back the way he has and and have that wherewithal to 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 do what he's doing is very very smart man he's not he's not out in the exchanging with dalby he doesn't want to do that you know he's obviously felt the you know for that from dalby but dalby cannot get himself off the cage and tim means doing a fantastic job of holding him there oh he's hurt him again he's hurt him again but gets caught in there. Good work by Tim Means. Great work. Time. Wow. Um, yeah, no, because the, the guys will fight for a lot less. Like the so no, that will never happen. Because because dudes will say, I want to get paid X amount, and the other fighters will go, shut up, you're not worth it. I'll fight for less and I'll fight for less. So unless it will happen if the fighters mentality changes you know and they don't do that but if not yeah what for what would you pay them more um nick toy two says after poirier i think i thought the best way to beat khabib was to completely disregard his striking and charge forward and i think that reckless gaiji would have done more damage than patient gaiji did um you, but it's hard again if you just charge forward he'll take you down you know what i mean um and that's what I'm saying to you. It's hard. Like, it's not just as easy as saying, oh, you know, this is how you could beat that guy. Like I said to you, if you get a guy that can out-wrestle Khabib, that can put Khabib on his back, um, that that's probably the best way to beat him. But you've got to find someone that can do that, you know, <laughs> and that can do that for five rounds, and that can get past everything else that Khabib can do. So, because Khabib can also strike. He's got good grappling. He's not going to be shit off his back either. And... That's why I'm saying to you, it's not that easy. It's not a thing. Um, Nadav says, I fancy Volkov tonight. Man, I really, that fight's a bit of an enigma to me because I feel like they both cancel each other out a lot. Mark Whelan says, I think Jan Blakovic humbled him a bit. Um, Christian Laurent says, will you ever take Baby Chino to Legoland, Fab? Possibly. Where is Legoland? I don't even know about Legoland. Mark Whelan says, Ophon, yes, he did, my friend, but he was fighting above his normal weight and was honourable to just get in there with Jan. Um, 
Mark Whelan, true that. Young probably weighed like 20 pounds more than him. Um, he's volunteered for that. Had, okay, I'm just going to skip a few of these because it's just a conversation there with you guys, which I'm glad you guys are having, by the way. Um, I'm just going to skip a few. Okay. I don't know where Legoland is. Where is Legoland? I'm looking forward to this Barcelos fight, man, that's coming up. I don't think it's the next fight, but I'm still looking. Yeah, Andre Philly's next versus Daniel Pineda. And then there's Barcelos versus Valiev. Valiev is good, man. He's a good fucking fighter, good grappler too, you know. Master of Sports in Sambo, International Master of Sports in Pancration. And a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under Ricardo Almeida. Ricardo Almeida is a monster, man. So, yeah, um, that one is a really, really interesting one. Daniel Pineda was very impressive in that fight against Burns. I do believe he'll be able to take Philly down. And I think he's a fair bit better than Philly on the ground. Um, okay, sub 10 says, um, if Izzy won against Jan and then won against Stipe for the heavyweight title, would he be the GOAT considering he would be the first UFC triple champ? Yeah, if you, if you won all three belts like that, yeah, 100% he'd be the, the greatest of all time. Um, Mark Wheeler, now I understand what is going on. Cool buds. And yes, you're spot on in my eyes are not the best. And that's why I said red. It is orange. My bad. Okay. Sorry. That was between you guys. Um, yeah. If you won all three belts, of course. Of course he would be. Uh, Joseph says, I'm actually glad that UFC will have a week off before UFC 264 because it will give my brain time to get ready for McGregor's childish antics. This is from Joseph. Ophon says that, Mark Whelan. Okay. Keep going. Um, yeah. I... I don't know. So, yeah, there'll be a week off in between there. We'll try and continue this. Fab, have you ever attended the Oshana Open BJJ tournaments? Have I ever been there? Um, I may have, man. I may have. Cyril Gunn is already walking into the octagon. He's a two-time French Muay Thai champion. He's had he's an 8-0 MMA fighter. Um, that's what I'm saying is I don't know that Volkov will necessarily have the advantage that people think as far as experience because Gan has advanced he has a lot of experience himself. Volkov's a huge man though and he knows how to use his reach and his length. He's a former M1 global heavyweight champion, 33 and 8 as a professional. Very good fighter man. Very, very, very good fighter. Um so yeah it's gonna gonna be very interesting. I will be back, people.
Um, okay. Juice says the microphone has been blocking the rock salt lamp for a couple of episodes now, and I'm really missing the vibes from it. I'm sorry, my friend. I'm sorry. We're going to have to do something about that because that's just that's just not on, man. Everyone should be able to see the the rock salt lamp. Um, Jones versus Garcia, <laughs> yeah, versus um, Gabby Garcia is genuinely such a hype match. I can't wait. Um, at Alex Collis, we cannot buy the tickets from Joseph Mark Whelan. Yeah, Garn has put some people on their ass. They can bang with others. So it will be interesting to see what transpires in this fight. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Daniel Pineda, man. I, I believe he's going to win it. I believe he's going to beat um, Philly. On the feet, it will be interesting, but I think he's a fair bit better than Philly on the ground. He's a bit, fair bit better than most on the ground, to be fair. Um, say, Fab, what prompted the change in the show's name from Nick? Um, are we always going to change the name? I was always going to change the name regardless. I just had to find a time to do it. But um, then the the like I said to you before the podcast had been had been hacked, and um, we so then we started on on the way to 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 changing it. It expedited that that change, and so then um, you know we were able to get the podcast back and everything and in the same name, but uh, I just changed it. I just changed the the name. Uh, Alex Scholar says, I had to throw my rock salt lamp away, kept attracting water and <laughs> leaking everywhere. Yeah, I don't even know how they work, man. It's not mine. It's my wife's. Just, but she's the one that decorated the room, not me. Um, Alex Scholar says, Gabby Garcia is natty as Paulo Costa. <laughs> um, I've seen Gabby Garcia in real life. Um, and she is fucking huge. Like, Huge, huge, huge person. When I saw her in real life, like the first time I saw her at ADCC Brazil 2009, and she wasn't jacked yet. Like she wasn't like, you know, she's jacked now. She wasn't jacked. She was just massive. She was just huge. Like huge, huge person. Yeah. Um, Joseph says, CIA been hating on Coach Fab's realness. <laughs> yeah, she was just massive, man. Like a huge, huge person. She stood out like at ADCC two thousand nine. Like I didn't, I didn't know who she was. You know, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, something like that. And I, I looked and I was like, my god. Um, so Andre Philly enjoys a five inch reach advantage. He's five eleven at seventy with a seventy four inch reach, and Daniel Panetta's five seven with sixty nine inch reach. He's thirty five years old. Is Daniel Panetta and Philly is thirty one. The thing I see, though, I do think that Pineda will probably be able to get him to the ground, and I, I see him being the, the better grappler. <laughs> I think Millie Vanilli hacked the show to prevent you from becoming the most fam famous Fab and Rob duo. Um, there could be. It could be. That's one of the people that I'm investigating. One of the groups that I'm investigating is Millie Vanilli.
I don't know, man. I'm not entirely sold on neck tats. I've got a couple of friends with neck tats, and I'm not sold on them. Um, the video of Alex Collis says the video of Gordy Ryan smacking Andre Alvaro shows Gabby walking around in the background, absolutely dwarfing all the male fighters. Yeah, she's massive, dude. She's fucking huge, like, like proper, proper massive. Mark Whelan says, think, Fab, I think it's a better name. I'm not saying Grange was bad. I just think the fair one is an awesome name. P.S. I think she's part me. <laughs> I, um, I can't. I've got to be able to say that. Um, thank you, man. I appreciate the that you like the name change. I really do. We're off, people. Oh, big right hand by Pineda lands on the back of um, Philly right again. Right hand again by, by Pineda. Pineda again looking for that right hand. He's countering over the top of Philly's jab. Philly lands that jab that time, and I think Pineda took himself off balance swinging for the fences. He's trying to counter the jab of, of ooh, nice right kick lands by Pineda again. He's trying to counter the, the, the jab of Philly with the overhand right, which you, the right hand is the, the counter to the jab, not D, but one of. Um, nice deep underhook here by Pineda as Philly starts to defend. And this is where I see the some of the advantage will be to Pineda if the fight gets to the ground. Pineda's legs look twice as thick as Philly's. Good job by Philly for defending on the cage. Again, Pineda goes looking for that right hand. <laughs> but I think Philly's seen now that that's... Oh, it's Daniel Pineda's in all sorts of trouble. Philly with the combinations. Daniel Pineda goes looking for the double legs. Philly has hit him with a bunch of punches. Pineda's in all sorts of trouble. Philly's nice and patient now. All sorts of trouble for Pineda now. Big combinations landed by, by Philly. And Philly has the patience to... And the wherewithal to keep it keep it all together. Throws a nice little soft leg, uh, leg kick and then lands a jab. Pineda goes looking for the double leg. He's in deep. Philly goes to defend with two double overhooks from the top. He's doing a good job of defending. Pineda's in all sorts of trouble. All sorts of trouble. Three minutes and 20 seconds to go in this round. That is a long time to be in La La Land. But this is allowing Pineda to get his faculties back by holding Philly up against the cage. Philly framing now with an elbow, doing a fantastic job of doing that. It makes it very, very hard when you start to create that space. But Pineda needs this, needs to be able to hold Philly up against the cage. And Philly hurt him so bad. Alex Collins says, I wonder who, how much money was spent on tats between these two fighters. Serious thing. Yes, sir. 100%. Um, Michael Wood says, who would win, Craig versus Gabby? I think Craig would, would, would win, my opinion. Nice left high kick attempt by Philly. No, he hit hit Pineda there. Pineda went for the he hits he keeps hitting him with his check hook. Oh, and the jab. Inside leg kick landed by Pineda. Lead right hand by Philly. Left high kick swing and a miss by Pineda. Philly with a left hand lead. Small oblique kick by Philly. Again, left hand lead by Philly. Nice movement by Philly. Ooh, nice, nice calf kick landed by Pineda. 
left high kick by Philly. Partially taken on the... Oh, huge, huge shots landed by Philly. Huge shots. A left hook and a right, then followed by a lateral drop. Philly is doing a fantastic job. Absolutely fantastic job. Oh, that left high... Oh, my God, those shots. Great work by Philly. Great work. Now he's checking the kick as well. Absolutely outclassing Pineda. Pineda's in all sorts of trouble. All sorts of trouble. One, two landed by Pineda. Philly landing from everywhere now. I don't, and now the problem is, man, how hurt. Oh, that liver shot dropped him. That liver shot dropped him. It's over for Pineda. It is over. I don't, he's done, man. He's going to be done. 31 seconds to go. If he survives this round, I'd be very surprised. And even if he survives this round, I, I just don't see the benefit to it, you know. He may survive this round because he's closed up the guard. He's going to survive the round. But that liver shot, oh, dropped him. Man, how much heart this guy has, I don't, I don't. <laughs> To get dropped like that from a liver shot, and he, oh man, oh my god, my god, um, Juice says, society slowly but surely changing the views of tats. I had a corporate gig before, and they didn't care whatsoever. And where I'm living now, literally nobody cares. Um, Michael Wood says, too patient. Alex Collis says, at Juice, I'm a commercial banker in NZ, two sleeves, and literally nobody cares. Yeah, no, I don't think, um, I don't think it's that so much that. I've just not sold on whether they look good or not, the, the neck tats. I'm, I'm, I'm not sold. The, the sleeves are sleeves. I don't really care one way or another. I just don't know that I, I'd want to tat my, me personally, my hands or my face or my, um, or my neck, but that's just me. Um, Mark Whelan says, I think that many views on many subjects have changed, and I'm not sure it's 100% positive. The tattoos are cool, but some things are getting worse. True. Oh, my God, some of those shots landed so bad on Pineda. Man, he took that shin to the head so bad. So bad. They touch gloves. Philly comes out. Again, right hook, left hook by Pineda trying to close that distance. The problem is that he's very, very hurt now. He is very, very, very hurt. Nice left-hand lead by Philly. Oh, those shots to the body by Philly, they're hurting so much. He can't get Philly to the ground. Philly's doing a great job of sprawling. Oh, the featherweights, man. Eye poked by Philly. Oh. Nick202 says, some tattoos look really cool or maybe have a deeper meaning and then you have a Darren Elkins tattoo. I don't know what Darren Elkins tattoo is. Oh, that was a big eye poke by, by Philly, man. Alex... <laughs> Collis says, I can smell the CTE from here. That kick was lethal. Man, 
that kick was so bad. But the liver kick was motherfucker as well. Juice says, this Philly fight reminds me of when I see fighters like McGregor and O'Malley. You realize how powerful confidence is and that you can't teach confidence. Well, the, the problem is you you also feed off that confidence, you know, but that that confidence, you also see the confidence even even in like in confident fighters, you also see the confidence will when then when it's not going their way. Because those confident guys are no longer confident when they're getting hurt. When you can see it in them, it goes away from them. Um, but you are right though. Confidence is a powerful thing when you're the one having it for sure. Um, Michael Wood says, I think NZ might have the least stigma regarding tats. Possibly. Mark Whelan says, yeah, I'm not a fan of neck or face tattoos unless you're a Maori and it's part of your culture. Yeah, I think that's a different one again. You know what I mean? It's not It's not the same. I don't, I don't even count those, like the te moko and all that stuff. I don't count that as like a tattoo, so to speak. You know what I mean? I just see, like I said, like you said, it's part of their culture. I don't see, um, I don't see him the same way. I, I just don't. He can't open his eye, apparently. Um, Pineda. I think they're going to waive the fight. They're going to call the fight. How cool is this doctor? It looks like he's straight out of a Panama jungle. Alex Collis says, and Michael Wood, probably right. We had a guy with devastate across his face and mouth. Uh, news helped him finding jobs. It would be tough, man. It would be tough. I saw that guy on YouTube once. I think they called the fight. I think they called the fight. You know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have them. Like I said, I've got, I got a couple of my mates that have neck tats. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not entirely sold on them. Not as far as like, um, do, you, do I think you should have them? I'm just saying like, I don't think it necessarily looks good on everyone. I think some people can pull them off and other people cannot pull them off. Um, both guys pretty upset about this. Um, and yeah, obviously, yeah, some people can pull them off. Some people can't, you know, and, and like same, same, you know what, with the other one, I've got another mate of mine, good mate of mine, and he's got a uh, Chinese writing on his ankle. He doesn't know what the fuck it says. My wife doesn't know what the fuck it says. And my wife can speak Chinese. That I don't agree with either. You should know what fucking things say. If you're going to get tattoos on your neck, he's got it like on his ankle kind of thing, but. You should know what you, what it says. That's another one. That's just me. That's just me. I'm just talking about tattoos at the moment. Um, I just think like you should know. Like if you're getting something tattooed on you in Chinese or Japanese or something like that, you should know. You don't want to put fucking think it says integrity and honor, but really it says beef and black bean sauce. You don't want that. Um. I forgot both of us OSP in this card. I'm very excited for that fight. That's going to be fireworks, man. Joseph says, who knew tats would be a hot button topic in this chat room? Yeah, man, I think it's cool, but I, I, I'm not against the tattoos. Even some, some people can pull off the hand tattoos as well, but yeah, you have to, I think not everyone can, you know, if you're a fighter, 
if you're a fighter and you want to get tattoos or you're a rock star or something like that. Like Andre Philly, he wants to get neck tattoos. He's a fighter. It suits him. He could do it. I, I don't think I could do it. What was the what was the official? Oh, it was a no contest. It was a no contest, but Philly beat the fuck out of him. Philly beat him up. Um, Alex Collis says, is it even Chinese? I don't know, man. Um, I, I really don't know. I don't, I don't know what it says, you know. I don't know what it says. My wife doesn't know what it says. He doesn't know even what it says, you know. Um, Nick202 says, Fab, are you going to do any food reviews or gaming and all that you and Rob were planning before some of your cooking videos on Insta with fire? Um, I don't know, man. I don't know about that. Like, I, I want to. I want to. I might do them. I've got, I got to figure out. Um, I want to make sure, though, that 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 the following we get, which, by the way, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe and hit the notification bell, is, you know, it's solid and that we keep going moving forward. That's my major thing with this. Um, and then, yeah, I probably will at some point do the food reviews. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say that at some point I will do the food reviews and the cooking videos. Um, Mark Whelan's each to their own. If it appeals to you, that's fine, but not for me. Like you said, some people look okay. <laughs> the beef and black bean sauce. Alex Collis says, check out his Insta. Best smoked duck in the game. I do what I can, man. I do what I can. Joseph says, all this tattoo talk makes me want to have Uncle Fab tattooed on my lower back. <laughs> Yeah, don't do that, buddy. Don't do that. That's one of those don't go to. Don't go to it. Daniel Panetta still his eyes still closed. Poor guy. Don't 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 do that. Andre Philly is cut. You can see. Super cut, man. He's super upset. Which I agree with, like, but but at the same time, fuck, it's an eye gouge is an eye gouge. What do you do? And like, Pineda was getting beat up before that. Um, Juice says I personally hate bald heads, just not a good look. <laughs> That's on you. But here's the thing: here's the thing with the with the bald heads, is some people can do it, and other people cannot. That's the truth. Some people do not have the head for it, but it is much more socially acceptable nowadays to have a bald head. When when that's why guys had that 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 you know the hair kind of comb over thing. My dad is looks like me, has a bald head and everything, and he has the like a, a the white hair all around him like this, but everywhere else he's bald. And I'm like, dude, I've been telling him he's 81 now, and I've been 82, and I've been telling him forever, man, shave your head and he won't but the he when he grew up people didn't shave the heads they just went they just went with it the whole way joseph coach when is eli stopping by not for a while man because we're in lockdown we're in lockdown we're not allowed to leave um we're not allowed to, to yeah to see anyone or anything 
I know, mate. I know Eloy. We want everyone wants Eloy back, and um, but we can't. We're in lockdown at the moment. Michael Wood says I'm getting Fab's face tattooed on top of my face. <laughs> there, that, that's real winning shit. There, um, Mark Whelan says, "Yeah, yeah, I don't mind doing some cooking. I did it for a few years as a veggie chef. Don't ask me where." So, when you say a veggie chef, what do you what does that mean? I don't, I don't understand what that means. Um, so Sank says the eye poke wasn't a glove issue. Fighters have to be careful during clinch separation to keep their fingers clenched. Yeah, I, I, man, eye pokes are bad. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say on that one. Eye pokes are bad. But the, the, you, the those UFC gloves, they're kind of funny, dude, the way that they're done. Like, you you because that, like, you can, you can put your finger through and hit with, um, hit with just the knuckle. You know what I mean? Like, that that's how much movement it has, and it kind of, well, you, your fingers are kind of like, like that with the UFC gloves, you know? The Wayne Show, does anyone watch the UFC Wayne Show? Because it, it seems to me to be, like, kind of weird. It's kind of weird show. Irfan says, Andre Philly won't get his win bonus. No, he won't get his win bonus. So Sank says, eye pokes are bad. Fab, someone tattooed this on their face. You should. That one you should do. Man, I can't wait for this fight. Nick202 says, Fab, can you teach us a famous and deadly Balanar combo that Eli mastered? Man, Eli had a promising rugby league career when he was, uh, I think, 19 or 20. And um, he, these dudes robbed him, you know, for, for his wallet. He could fight. He could always fight. Like he had a podium finish at Australian Nationals in boxing, I think a silver medal at Nationals. Um, wins against some good guys. Anyways, dude hit him, you know, with the, you know, when you have the, you have the dumbbells. You could you have the dumbbells and you have those, you know, the thing you screw on, you screw the weights onto the dumbbells. They're not the dumbbells or the thing. Anyways, the dude hit him with that, with a dumbbell bar, with the with the barbell on the, with a screw on the end of it. So it was like a, basically a Tommy knocker. So he was fighting one guy and um, so he was fighting three guys, right? He was fighting one guy and the other guy was fucking, I don't know, supervising. Um, and another guy came from behind and hit him with this thing. It was like a, Tommy knocker and caved his whole head in and the guy that Eli was with ran off um but just caved like collapsed his whole fucking face pretty bad man um so I don't know if that's the combo you want to learn Anna Sabuza says I'm back Joseph says I watched the Wayne show for Laura Senko coach I don't know who that is um is it good? Is a show good? Or is it like like kind of like like a TMZ show? So Sank says it's basically a steel bar. Yes, sir. OSP at heavyweight is interesting, but Bosa loses a bit of his speed advantage against him. 
Any prediction? I don't know, man. I want to see OSP at heavyweight. Um, that that's yeah. So Sank says Eli's face, yeah, yeah, bad, rule, 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 bad. Almost lost his eye, like could have died. Joseph says best tattoo ID, Coach Fab's face on the left cheek, and the letters Ulus on the right. Trademark that. Do it, man. Do it. Everyone will think you're awesome. Alex Collis says, if Barcelos wins, I'm reinvesting my winnings on OSP minus Fab's 20% commission. Dude, I'm telling you that this fight will be a hard one. This fight will be a hard one. I'm not saying, um, I'm not telling you Barcelos is going to necessarily win. I just think he's a fantastic fighter. I love watching him fight. Roy C says, I sometimes have the official weighing in on the background, but never with the ceremonials. Joseph says, TMZ, kind of show for sure, coach. Ah, I see. It looked like it to me. Like, that's why I've just steered clear of it. That's, for those that don't know, that's Barcelos's dad, the guy that looks exactly like him, but older, next to him. Um, he's uh, he's like a coral belt in jiu-jitsu, for those that don't know, basically means that he can tap you out with his fucking mind. Um, and, he, you know, his dad... He wrestled. He won. I'm pretty sure he won Brazilian nationals as a as a wrestler. So he's he's very very well rounded grappler. Christian Loren, I said to you, will you you ask me, will I take Baby Chino to Legoland in the future? I don't know where Legoland is. Do we have a Legoland in Australia? If in fact we have a Legoland in Australia and you endorse it, I will take it. Fights are about to start. I actually think. I think Baby Chino might be up. I'm going to have a look. She's awake, but she's in bed with my wife still. So I'm not going to go in there because if she sees me, she wants to come out here and blah, blah, blah. Then my wife will have to get out of bed when she's not going to create a massive problem. Um, a Hungarian hustler says, rise and shine, people. Good morning, Fab. Four bits of toast and a juice, then let's go with fight day. Yes, sir. Agreed. Christian Lorenz says, in Melbourne. Joseph says, Legoland, I think, is in Florida, right? Okay, so if there's a Legoland in Melbourne, then my answer to you, Christian Laurent, is yes, next time I'm in, um, I'm in Melbourne, I will definitely take her. Mike Beltran is going to the center of the octagon. The fight's about to begin, guys. 
this is the fight of the night for me. I'm excited for this fight. This is the fight I want to see. Valiev is a hell of a grappler, a hell of a grappler himself. Both these boys can fight. Both these guys got some hands on them too. Barcelos loves to box, and his wrestling and jiu-jitsu is phenomenal. I think that there might be a slight wrestling advantage to Valiev, but the jiu-jitsu advantage, the submission advantage I give to Barcelos, the hands I give to Barcelos. So a little bit Barcelos as well, because Valiev is a very dangerous guy. I hope that I I get the twenty percent commission over there. I expect it to be somewhere like thirty or forty thousand dollars. So let's see. Let's see if you make good with your name. Both go the the exchanging kicks at the moment, kind of respecting each other's range and trying to find the the appropriate range. Neither one of these guys is rushing in either. Overhand right by Valiev. Nothing's landed flush yet. Little jab by Valiev. Valiev's starting to seem to me like he's starting to get a little bit more of his range. But Barcelos is pushing the peripheries. Both of these guys exchange left kicks to the body. Valiev's already showing a bit of a level change and a bit more dynamic in his abilities. Like dropping his level, touching the knee. Barcelos rushes in with a right hand. Valiev's able to pivot off. Valiev throws a uh, jumping front kick to the body. They're both guys exchanging punches. Both these guys have dangerous hands, man. But Barcelos is doing a good job of kind of just coming forward and pressuring as he comes forward. Reminiscent kind of of a Jose Aldo-ish kind of look to him, the way he comes forward a little bit. Nice, tight, high guard. And pressuring without actually throwing anything as he's coming forward. Valiev's doing a good job of pivoting off the center line. Both these guys throw heavy leather, man, for little featherweights too. Right-hand lead by Barcelos. Nice little uppercut by Barcelos. He gets a double underhooks. Valiev defending with a wizard. This is going to be a very interesting battle to see who can do what here in this position. Valiev circles off the cage. Barcelos goes looking for a left high kick. They both exchange left rips, left body kicks to the body. Um, Barcelos hits with an inside left kick. I like this little jumping front snap kick that Valiev does. Very good against the grappler. Both guys exchange hard in the pocket, man. Nothing's landed, but whoever lands there is going to hurt the other one in the, in the pocket. The way they're just throwing those little hooks in the pocket. As left kicks that they're exchanging to the body. The thing is, if Valiev's clever with this, um, 
Barcelos always answers him with the same kick. So when when Valiev throws the left kick to the body hard, Barcelos answers back with the same kick left to the body hard. Um, it's a good chance for Valiev to catch that 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 kick. Good level changes. Oh, those exchanges by those guys. Barcelos partially lands a left hook on Valiev. Nice calf kick by Barcelos. Valiev with one of his own. Nice single leg by Valiev. He's in deep. There's 30 seconds to go. Barcelos doing a good job of defending himself. Twelve seconds to go. Nice little elbow on the break by Valiev. Probably edge it to Valiev that round, but I think I mean if Valiev keeps fighting like that, then if obviously if I edged it to him, I think Valiev will win if he keeps fighting like that. But my question to here is to both of these guys is what adjustments is each one of these guys going to make moving forward into the second round? Because it's still very much anybody's fight. Do I think Mike Beltran would beat Rose Namahunas? Yes, I do. I can never remember how to spell a last name. Herbert all before. Fab advice for a mid-30s guy starting BJJ regarding longevity. Man, if I don't answer you, ask me again after this fight. It's just that's gonna be that's an interesting one, and I'll, I will answer it. I will answer it for you in a second. US Army. Sponsors this this event. We're off. Round two. Barcelos is looking for an inside leg kick. Barcelos looks like he's trying to pressure a little bit more than what he was before, but he was also the one pressuring from the beginning. He just wasn't able to find his range with um, Valiev. Guys are two and a one. Yeah, that's exactly what happened, I think. He just couldn't match the output of... Um, of Valiev, but Valiev didn't do a great deal either. It's just like he has to match that output or get him to the ground, you know, or maybe he knows that Valiev's going to slow down and he's fighting at his own pace, which is good as well. Because I do see a lot of pressure coming from Barcelos in that he's moving him forward and, and Valiev's the one that's having him move around the peripheries. But Barcelos has to match some of that output. Nice little jabs and everything. Nice little jab work by Valiev, and then he's out of there, and Barcelos can't catch him. Ooh, overhand right by Valiev, and then an uppercut by Barcelos, neither which are landing really flush. Single leg by Valiev. 
good defense here by Barcelos, great defense by Barcelos. Oh, nice uppercut landed by Valiev on Barcelos. That was a nice little uppercut. That's a level change. Both these guys exchanging big shots in here. Barcelos got to keep moving him forward. Got to keep moving forward. A pair exchange, a pair of jabs. Front kick by Barcelos. That's nice. I'd like to see him use that kick a little more. He needs to use that kick a little more, that front kick. Use it as a jab. He has to start giving um, value of different looks. You know, he has to throw that, that front kick down the middle as he's coming forward. Nice jab by Barcelos. Nice jab by Valiev. Nice exchange. I think he caught Valiev a little bit with that left hook. Then he caught him with an uppercut, but Valiev comes back with a knee. He's stalking uh, Valiev now. Impression him, moving him up. Ooh, throws an uppercut. A lead uppercut does uh, Barcelos. I'd like to... Nice little... So nice little exchange there. Barcelos starting to find his rhythm a little bit more. I'd like to see him use a front kick a little more. Because the problem with Barcelos here is looking like... To me, it looks like he's got good boxing, good wrestling, good jiu-jitsu. But it's like the space between the notes that makes the music, you know, in, in MMA. Ooh, catches him with a nice left hook, does Barcelos. Then with a lead right hand. Valiev's still sitting behind a tidy jab, but that's probably, in my opinion, the, the punch of the fight was that little left hook that Barcelos caught him with. Definitely a good job now. Barcelos obviously stalking uh, Valiev and pressuring him as they come forward, exchanging in the pocket. Neither one of which is landing flush. Nice switch on the left, on the ribs. Left body kick, sorry. I couldn't keep up with my own thing. Um, he caught the single leg of Barcelos, but Barcelos managed to roll out of it quite easily. Valiev coming forward, gets dropped with a huge left hand by Barcelos. Barcelos is now in Valiev's guard with a minute to go, landing some heavy ground and pound. Valiev's doing a good job of trying to get his feet up on the hips and push uh, Barcelos off. That left hook from Barcelos has been going all night and it's landed already. This was the second time it landed. Barcelos is looking for a front headlock or a guillotine. Oh, he gets dropped again, does Valiev. Valiev's in all sorts of trouble. He got hit with a big right hand and dropped. Now he's getting hit with some ground and pound. 42 seconds is a long time to last on the ground with someone of Barcelos's abilities on top of you landing ground and pound. 33 seconds to go. Valiev is not defending himself in the best way, but he has got the underhook and he has got in his back off the ground. His back is not flat on the, off the, on the ground. I believe he will survive this, but he's, he, he's in all sorts of trouble. And this... This round is a 10-8 round, in my opinion, to Barcelos with having dropped him twice in this round. Um, he definitely won this round, but I would probably give this a 10-8. This is the closest he's been to, to finishing the fight, any of the, either one of these guys, and it was very, very close to finished. Valiev's in all sorts of trouble. Barcelos might look like, you know, he did he wasted the opportunity to some, but in my opinion, he also showed that he's he's smart. He, Valiev is still wobbled, and he's conserving, he's conserving that energy. It's very, very easy, guys, very easy to punch yourself out in ground and pound when you think you have someone, and you start throwing those combinations, and you can't finish them. Um, so it's, it's it actually very smart on his part. Alex Collis.
I'm looking to get paid, mate. I am. I'm looking to get paid that 20%, that big money, that Alex Collis money. I'm looking for that $30,000, $50,000 pounds. It's in pounds sterling too. Throws a right hand and boom, there's a check hook right on the chin, man. Right on the chin. And then as they get up, he caught him with a right uppercut. Oh, my God. That chin's made of granite, dude, because he took two big shots on the chin. Big ones. He's got to just touch him, Barcelos. He's just got to touch him. Not load up, just touch him. I'd like to see him use the front kick a little more. Good hands by Barcelos. Inside leg kick by Barcelos. They exchange. Both guys exchanging in that pocket. <laughs> Valiev goes looking for a double leg. Doesn't get it. Barcelos makes him pay with a little uppercut for his troubles. Right hand over the top by Valiev. Just has to touch him with a jab. Keep touching him with that jab. Nice check by that by Barcelos. Valiev's putting the output on him early on. Just has to keep touching him, Barcelos does. I'd like to see him use a jab a little bit more, and I'd like to see a front kick from Barcelos. Like a front snap kick would be a really good part of his arsenal. Just to play with that distance a little bit more. Goes looking for a lead uppercut, does Barcelos. There's that jab that I'm talking about. That's what I'd like to see him do. Valiev is as tough as they come. Nice low kick landed by Barcelos. <laughs> see, Barcelos kind of moves into the space without putting anything between him and the other fighter. So he doesn't throw a jab or throw anything he kind of walks a little bit into that space which i think makes him eat sometimes a jab from value that doesn't need to be had there's a right hand by value now i'd like to see him pumping the jab i'd like to see barcelos pumping a jab like now it's loading up a lot on that left hook see he's throwing left hook leads and right hand leads with no, there's no jab or anything before it, and it's not letting him get in, like set up the other punches. He's just trying to land the left hook now, as I think is a tactical error like that from inside leg kick. I'm a huge fan of Barcelos, by the way. I'm a nice head movement by Barcelos. Nice deep in on the double is Valiev. Is he going to be able to finish his double leg? And if he does finish it, what's he going to do with it? Barcelos defending, 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 defending. He's up and out of the way. Very nice. He has to touch him with the jab now. He has to touch him with the jab. This is what I mean. He's in that range. He has to touch him with that jab. There you go, man. Touch him with the jab. Inside leg kick by Barcelos. Barcelos has to come on strong or he could lose this, this third round.
He seems to be slowed down quite a bit himself. Oh, spinning back fist by Valiev. He has to pump out the jab, but he's capitulating a lot of this to Valiev. With a minute and 28 seconds to go, Valiev could steal this. I think he's winning this round. Another left hook lands by Barcelos. Valiev with the right hand lead. Nice leg kick landed by Barcelos. Nice little right hand over the top by Barcelos. Oh, nice elbow lead elbow by Valiev. Barcelos has to come forward. Nice right hand landed by Barcelos. Nice combinations inside by both men. 25 seconds to go. This fight could go all the way down to the wire, and I think it could end up being a draw, actually, because I'll give first and third to Valiev, and I'll give the second to Barcelos, but I'll probably give Barcelos a 10-8 for that, but I don't know that all three judges would. So I see that not... Yeah, I don't know. Well, he might have lost this fight, and I think he lost this fight just for not having that jab, man. That jab would have kept... Things very, very honest for both, for, for him. So, yeah. Nick Tua too says, being a bald Brazilian is the best base for MMA. I agree. Um, sorry, guys. I'm, I'm going to miss a few of these things. Yeah, I don't know who won that fight. I don't know. I, the thing is also with significant strikes, I didn't see any strikes land really from um, Valiev that I could say really caused the significant like shots. The only significant, real significant shots, even in that third round, I saw was a, another little left hook from um, from Barcelos. The question that was asked earlier on about um, BJJ in your 30s you know going into your 40s and whatnot when you when you're just starting anything that I, any advice that i could give um the first one is to run your own race don't listen to people please don't listen to that bullshit like when people are like well i'm 50 and i'm rolling and that everybody's different and everybody's got different injuries and everybody's got different you know different things we had a guy start when i was coaching wrestling many moons ago we had a guy start wrestling with us when he was 50, right? And he never had an injury and he lost like 20 kilos and blah, blah, blah. But that's not, that's not everyone, you know what I mean? Like that isn't everyone. So run your own race, listen to your body, um, do it because you enjoy it, not, not for any kind of progression, so to speak, because as you get older, the progressions are different, man. Like you're not going to, your body's not going to move in the same way that it did before. And if you are one of those lucky ones that it will continue to and you'll continue to improve, that's great. Um, the official decision, I have this as a draw, me personally. Oh, they gave it to Valiev. I I do believe that um, Barcelos, 
I do believe that Barcelos gave that away a little bit in the third round. I, I think that him not sitting behind his jab in the third round allowed him to keep coming forward, you know what I mean? And allowed the output of Valiev to take the win where he, he could have, yeah. Um, so yeah, longevity for BJJ uh, beginners. Stretch a lot, do your strength stuff. Again, don't listen to people when they talk about saying BJJ is like not strength. It's Man, it's it's just a sport like any other sport. You need to be strong. You need to be fit. So don't negate that and you need to be flexible. You need to do all of those things if you want to keep doing jiu-jitsu, you know, into your 30s. So your strength, your flexibility, look after it. Um, you're really going to have to look after your back because you don't want to get herniated discs or you, you probably will from being in the guard position. Um, run your own race, like I said. Don't don't look at other people, um, you know, that are that may be older or the same age, and expect that you can or should do the same as them because not everyone has the same injuries, not everyone has the same history as you. And as you get the older you get, the more of your own history you're going to have. Like when you're teenagers, everybody has a closer kind of thing. Everyone's going to high school. Everyone's doing this. Everyone's doing that. When you're in your forties, you can have someone that is that's all they do is just do jiu-jitsu and train all day because either they run the school or i don't know they're independently wealthy or whatever and you can you can have someone that's 40 years old and being a brickies laborer his whole life and he's got massive back issues massive flexibility issues and that person's body at 40 is not the same as someone that's just been training and you know looking after their body so 40 you can look you can look 40 and you can look 40 you know there's there's a lot of differences um so yeah just run your own race man look after yourself stretch get as strong as you possibly can make sure your nutrition's on point and run your own race man and don't you don't have to grapple with everyone um thanks nick i appreciate it man the thing that makes fab's videos high quality is that he takes the time to respond to most of the comments legendary stuff so thank you very much man thank you very very much um yeah that was a that was a fucking good fight man that was a good fight it was i think that's where someone like barcelos has to tactically change a couple of little things like incorporate there were things there where i felt that he, he should have jabbed he could have front kicked a little bit more to um make better use of that space of him when he was walking in but but it was good Those Jay Farrell says, I love the Bantam boys. Those guys may not be ranked yet, but I bet both have quite a good career in the UFC. Both of those guys are fantastic fighters, man. They're very, very, very good. Jay Farrell says, Also, preach Fab, everyone needs to run their own race. No one can run it for them. 100% agreed, sir. Um, exactly. Yo, Ramirez 43 and still fighting MMA, but it wouldn't be good advice to tell your 43 year old friend to pursue a career in MMA. Man, like, yeah, there's people that are complete outliers and then there's a whole bunch of other factors that come into that as well. Um, Mark Whelan, he's a gun commentator and responds to most comments. Thank you, sir. I really am flattered by it and I really appreciate it very much, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for answering my question, Fab. You're a champ, says Herbert all before. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Juice says one tip for you is to never tap to leg locks. Yeah, tap. 
tap to leg locks. The other thing as well is find a place, right? Find a honestly find a place where there isn't as much bullshit. Find a place where you can roll with. You find a few guys that you can roll with. Like you have a couple of guys that are, you don't have to be your age. You might, you know, they might still, they might be younger, they might be good, but they get it and they're not going to roll super hard with you or they're going to roll hard enough. Or you find a couple of guys that, that are same level and you guys are there for the same thing and you guys can have a roll and roll with them as much as you possibly can. Like nowadays, like if I'm going to roll now, I'm not rolling to compete because the reality is I'm not going to fucking compete. Like compete, compete at a high level. Um, my body, I have to keep my body together. And this is the truth of it. When people start telling you that shit, like they go, Yeah, I'm this old and blah 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 and da 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 da. And like, dude, you remember this? When your body's fucked and you have you can't play with your kids or whatever, you know, you can't get up at 4 a.m. to go to the toilet properly because your body's fucked, nobody else is gonna be there. You know what I mean? It's just going to be you. So, <clears throat> yeah, look after yourself, man, and just, you know, find a few people you can roll with. Find a few, pe a few people that um, you enjoy going and having a chat with and training and that, and just go from there. Like, now, for me, there's only a handful of guys I'm going to roll with. I'm not going to – I don't want to go into a gym and roll with a whole bunch of people. It's just not – you know, it's not worth it for me. I have a few friends – that do jujitsu, good jujitsu guys, and every now and then we roll. But my my arm, my legs are fucked. My knees really bad, and so I don't want it. Like the the worst thing I can do is go and listen to people say my knees are bad as well, and I still roll. And I don't give a fuck, dude. You do what you want to do. Um. Uh, Ophon says I don't mean to sound disrespectful towards other fighters, but does it seem people aren't quite as excited for the Conor Poirier third fight as opposed to the second that just happened? I don't I don't know. I don't know. Like I think this one it's I, I think they're really trying to force like Connor Connor's success, you know what I mean? I think they really want Connor as a champion. So like because there there'd be just from a from a just a fight perspective, there'd be take and I'm not this is Connor is who he is and credit to him. And so he he should be allowed to get his third fight. Or fourth fight, or fucking tenth fight, whoever he fucking wants to fight, from a putting bums on seats perspective. So it's not a criticism on Connor at all. All I'm saying, though, realistically, from a like a rankings perspective, like a rankings perspective, whatever that means in the UFC, there'd be no rhyme or reason to have this third fight right now. Like there'd be no like if it was anyone else not named Connor, you would not be having a third fight. I think that's where a lot of the um, the disinterest comes from, if you will. Having said that, though, Connor is Connor, and he deserves it from a bums on seats perspective. He, um, yeah, like it, from that perspective, he absolutely deserves it. But from a, if you were just to look at it as a rankings perspective, there'd be no third fight. There'd no, no, like there'd be no reason to have this as a third fight. If I win the lotto, I'm going to have Tanner Boza as my bodyguard. Um, okay, I'm going to miss a few. 
one foot out the door, stretching is a way of life as you get older. Dude, one thing I always say to anyone, if I could give one piece of advice is to stretch, man. I don't stretch enough, but I stretch still. Like I try and stretch four or five days a week, like proper, you know, put in 40 minute session because your body goes to shit otherwise. Um, Mark Whelan says, just because you have a great physique does not mean you can do well in the fight game. It's fumbled. Should volume mean more than take more mean than knockdown? Mean more than knockdowns? No, I don't think they mean more than knockdowns, but if you're talking about the Barcelos fight, well, Barcelos only knocked him down in one round. Barcelos knocked him down in one round and Valier put the volume on the whole time, first and third rounds. So, yeah. Mark, Mark Wheel and I agree, but there's great physiques and then there's Yol Romero physique. It says Nico, Nick202. Burns what? Versus Wonder Boy would be the fight to watch on that card. To be honest, honestly, that's a card that I, that's a fight that I'm most excited to see. Um, again, like the McGregor versus Poirier fight, to me is like they want. I think Poirier. If McGregor beats Poirier, Poirier uh, McGregor will get a, fight, a shot at the title, and I think that's that's the the, the plan. You know, and the UFC would love to have. McGregor as a champion because he's super marketable. And again, none of these are criticisms of McGregor. This is 100% right. Like, as as far as that model is concerned, it's they're not fighting in a tournament. Um, so it is what it is. If they were fighting in a tournament, then you could say, well, no, dude, you lost, you lost. But it's not a tournament anymore so, or anything like it. Sorry, guys, I'm just going to skip a few. Joseph says, Coach, any good stretching programs you would recommend? Honestly, what I'd recommend if you're not familiar with some stretching stuff that you can do, there's a couple of things. The, the foot, COVID notwithstanding, I'd say to you go to hot yoga, any type of hot yoga, and do that because that's a really good introduction into stretching and into uh, like a stretching program. But then I'd just say to you, get get download an app. Like you can download the Nike training app or any app of that nature and just do the yoga programs that they have on there, man, and just start doing that until you're comfortable formulating your own stretches from that. Or if not, just continue to just use the app for, for, for the yoga itself. It's They're really, really good, and you, you'll get a lot out of it. Juice says, it feels like Wonder Boy hasn't fought in years. Um, he fought Darren Stewart not long ago. Um, Titty Connoisseur says, Wonder Boy said he'll do a shoey with, with Bam Bam. <laughs> Fair enough then. <clears throat> Tanner Bosa looks like such a tough man, you know. He's got missing teeth, big beard. Ophon says, at the Fair One podcast, hey, maybe when you reach a certain subscriber goal, you should make a Discord. I agree. We had a Discord. I think we had a Discord, man. Ophon says like 100,000 or something. I hope we reach 100,000 one day. That would be a very, very happy day for me. Um, now, it wasn't Darren Stewart, but it was, who was it that he fought? I'll tell you right now who he fought. Um, let me tell you. I'll tell you right now because it's bothering me. Jeff Neal. That's who he fought. Jeff Neal. I haven't looked it up yet, but I'm pretty sure it was Jeff Neal that he fought. 
I always get those two guys mixed up too. I always call one the other the other name. I don't, yeah. Yeah, it's Jeff Neal. That's who he was. I beg your pardon. Um, uh, yeah, Nick to the Grange TV Discord. Um, okay, Joseph says, thanks, coach. Just added running into my workout. Oh, just I'm assuming you're saying running, and my body is stiff as hell every morning. Laugh out loud. If you're talking about running, I don't know what funning is, but yeah, like the the stretching is important, man, and you got to try and stretch like as much and as often as possible. Mark Whelan says Wonder Boy is a great channel. He is another straight shooter. I'm sure he is, eh? Like he he, he seems like a good guy. Ophon says laugh out loud. You're definitely going to hit a hundred thousand fab. Don't kid yourself. Well. I hope I do, mate. I really do. I really, really do. One foot out the door, his last fight. Yeah, his last fight was Jeff Neal. Uh, I've got a friend named Jeff Neal, actually. Ophon says, these things take time, but you'll get there as long as you keep improving the stream bit by bit, which you are. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Adam Mason says, hi, Fab. Hi, all. 100,000 subs will happen, especially if you keep having guests like Brandon on. Love your work, my bro. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you. Um, Evan Landry says, anyways, one of the boys fighting Burns in a few weeks should be a good scrap. Crazy, man. Joseph says, running. Sorry, coach. Uh, yeah, look, man, with running, you're definitely going to have to do a lot of stretching, man. A lot, a lot. Um, in particular, like the ITB, all those types of stretches. Massage helps as well. You know, it really does. Um, just download the app. And don't, you know, one thing that I would advise with the, with the stretching, like everything else, don't try and do like crazy shit. Like don't try and do like, you know, two hours of stretching every day. Just start off doing 10 minutes. You know, you start off doing 10, then 12, then 15 and so on and so forth. Um, one foot out the door says Wonderboy had a crazy battle of attrition against Vicente. Wonderboy broke both of his hands. Yeah, that was insane. Juice says, uh, funny is... <laughs> Okay, Ophon says, the internet is so awesome with how Fab in Australia can have an interview with Brandon when he's probably webcamming from Mexico. He was actually in um, Vegas that, that time. Sham says, morning, Fab. Thanks for streaming one week into hotel quarantine in Australia, and I'm so bored. Been looking forward to the fights and stream all week. Man, I'm sorry to hear that, eh? Um, and now we've all got into quarantine. We've all got into quarantine. That That's, yeah. It, I, I feel it, man. I feel for everyone. Like, like I said before, when um, you're talking to people and you say, "How long was the old quarantine?" The last quarantine felt like it lasted three months, and it only lasted six weeks here in Australia. Um, and COVID feels like it's been going on for a few years, and it hasn't even been two years yet. You know, I think we're just on two years. Just yeah, so that that's pretty pretty crazy. How how bad is the quarantine when you when you're in the hotel? Because that would drive me insane, man. Tana Boza. He's a big man. He's a big big man. Um. Shem gets us from one to another. Came from Canada where we were in lockdown for a year almost. 
I can't, man. That is so brutal. Joseph says, wish it gets better for everybody down there, coach. Lockdown sucks. We're just coming out of it here in Toronto. Mark Whelan says, Fab, I'm spewing on Mr. Brandon interview, but I'll definitely go and watch it. He's a Mexican machine who doesn't talk tough, but delivers the goods. Yeah, man, watch it. Like we, we I'm, I'm going to put up little clips of his anyways in the next couple of days. Man, he doesn't get a lot of views, to be to be fair. Like there's other clips that get a lot more views than his. Um, even Laundry says, oh, Spee's starting to look kind of old and soft. He's 38 years old, 80-inch reach advantage, like 80-inch, so 75.5 inches for um, for Bosa. Says Nick Teo 2 says, Fab, can we get a bot or something that will post the invite link to the Discord or maybe add it to the description? Yeah, yeah, 100%. We can do that. Give me one second. Okay, we're up. Um, yeah, I'll I'll try and add the Discord thing on there for sure. So minus one seventy five favorite is Tanabosa, and um, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I think Bosa wins this fight. Actually, looking at things like this. I do think that OSP's days, best days are a little bit behind him. Um, and he was a force at light heavyweight. I'm sure he's still got a lot left in the tank, but not the same way. Shamgit says, it's pretty strict here. We can't leave at all. We open the door three or four times a day to pick up food, but we need to have a mask on when we open our door 30 centimeters. Wow. We're off, people. We're off. Where are you, Shamgits? We're off. Uh, same uh, OSP is in the Southpaw stance and Bosa is in the Orthodox stance. Goes looking for an inside leg kick, which he lands. The thing with OSP is that he's got crazy power with that left hand of his, man. Bosa lands a nice inside leg kick, man. And he doubles up on the jab. Nice inside leg kick again. He's got such powerful leg kicks, does Bosa. Outside leg kick landed by Bosa. And now he's faint. he faints as well. He's got good faints. Oh, man, those kicks. He looks like he just hurts with everything that he does, Mr. Bosa, Mr. Tanner Bosa. The OSP has switched to orthodox. From He was in Southpaw, but after receiving a number of um, inside legs. Oh, overhand rights landed by Bosa. In, uh, outside leg kick landed by Bosa. And you know what's funny is when you look at OSP, he looks bigger, but I believe that Bosa is actually heavier. And it's a diff that's a difference with natural heavyweights as well. Just the bones and the way they're made up, the size of the skeleton, it's all different. It's not just your muscle sizes. And he's really chewing that leg up, is Bosa. I can't imagine taking kicks so flush on the inside as well because the inside's much much softer you know from someone like a like a bosa that's just loading up and throwing those heavy heavy kicks throws a big right hand bosa and he's getting closer and closer to landing that one flush oh 
I was still looking very, very relaxed in there. Inside leg kick landed again. And it's landed on the vastus medialis, which is the, basically that teardrop muscle, which is a small muscle just above the knee, man. And there isn't a lot on it. It's not a big muscle. So he's forced him to change into orthodox. And, and he's landing he's landing uh, on OSP in orthodox stance. Then he throws a, a 2-1 and he's moving OSP back. OSP's gone back to the southpaw stance. Throws a kick, but you can see even in his movements, OSP's legs, his right leg is stiffening up on him. That vastus medialis muscle helps to extend the knee, and it, this cannot be pleasant for him. Um, Bosa moving around on the peripheries, looking to set up the... I think he holds a record for, for most leg kicks as a heavyweight. Oh! OSP almost ducked into that one. Right hand and a left hand by Bosa. Right high kick by Bosa. OSP goes looking for a left hand lead. Bosa was swinging big. Oh, hits him with another overhand right. And a right kick to the body by Bosa, to the body of St. Peru. Bosa's le those leg kicks, man, would have hurt so much. <laughs> they would really, really genuinely hurt. Nice jab. He pushes the jab, pushes uh, OSP back, drops his level with the jab to the body, and then comes over the top with the right hand, does Bosa, but doesn't find a home for it. He does, however, find a home for a right kick to the body. OSP took it partially on the arms, but that definitely takes a toll, especially with someone the size of Bosa throwing the kicks away that he's throwing them at you. Uh, OSP just checked that kick that came on the inside. But Bosa, not, you know, the thing is, Bosa doesn't just have. Hard kicks. He has good timing on his kicks too. Like he doesn't get them checked often. Left kick from OSP to the body of Bosa, taken partially on the arms of Bosa. Bosa answers with a right kick to himself to the body of OSP. That OSP himself takes partially on the arms. Those things wear you down though, those kicks. Oh, another kick to the legs. And a nice jab. Nice jab by Bosa. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the round. Um, let me see. I'm going to go back a little bit. So Mark Whelan says, says, Fab, I'm in Melbourne, and the way people are just ex accepting the COVID rules and conditions is going crazy as things are. We are not on lockdown yet. Most people walk around all day with masks on. Okay. Oh, no, no commission, Alex. Oh, no, no. Could have been. We could have done it, Alex. We could have done it. Um, OSP seems like he fights really poorly out of the closed stands. Alex Collis says OSP's got on his ass. On, <laughs> he's got a, he's an ex-football player, man. He's a big, strong, powerful guy. 
Mark Whelan says, and a doctor that I spoke with says it's not good to breathe in your carbon dioxide. We should only put them on if you have the virus and may spread it if not. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't think it's good to wear the masks and breathe and shit if you're not like in a position where you could transmit to someone or something like that. Um, we're about to kick off again, guys. Um, Juice says, yes, exactly. Why is it that in some fights, guys will just take kick after kick? A few fights come to mind. Izzy versus Romero, Aldo versus Faber. Um, like, why take the kicks and what you do to stop the kicks? You've got to check the kicks. And some guys don't have the ability, not the ability, but their stances don't, they might, if you stand very side on, it's hard to check the kicks. You know, if you're a wrestler and you're kind of standing side on and you, you rest, that combination of wrestler boxer is hard to check the kicks. And someone like Israel and Aldo, both those guys are very good leg kickers. So those combinations of things are very, very hard for the other guy to check the kicks. Bosa is landing shots, man. Big shots. Those leg kicks and those body kicks are taking their toll. I think he might finish OSP in the third round, I think. G uh, OSP went looking for the takedown and Bosa turned him into the fence. If Bosa can break off and continue to damage OSP, then... Oh, 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 OSP gets a takedown. Here we go. This is where OSP is very, very dangerous. He gets a takedown. Are we going to see a Von, uh, modified Von Flu choke from him? Um, Bosa has a, the underhook, though, that he needs to have. Now OSP is in the half guard. But but Tanner Bosa has an underhook on the correct side. OSP is very smart, though. He's squaring him off so that Bosa keeps uh, landing on his back. So when somebody has that deep underhook and they can get to their side, you need to square them back off and flatten them out so that they can't use the, the underhook correctly. Now Bosa closes his guard. OSP is not doing anything to try and uh, posture to get up and land some ground and pound. And... <coughs> Bosa's doing a fantastic, not a fantastic job, but he's not he's not copying any damage, which is very important, um, especially at heavyweight, man, on the ground. Is he going to be able to get to his feet is an interesting thing here. I don't know. Um, OSP is still riding him from the top, kind of behind him. And Bosa does a good job. He gets to his feet. He turns around. OSP reshoots. This time, Bosa has stopped the shot. He's looking for a front choke. OSP looks the worst for wear here. Eats a knee, right hand, left hand. He drops OSP, and that is the fight, ladies and gentlemen, with a tremendous win for Bosa. Great work. Um, Juice says, yes, exactly. Why is Okay, no, he, that's what I answered before. Ophon says, crazy that OSP is still big at, at heavyweight. He's a big boy. Ophon says, my Canadian friend from Ontario met in, in a Discord recently said he played soccer with Bosa in high school. Fuck playing soccer with that. Imagine, imagine going for a 50-50 ball with that mania. No way. One foot out the door says, usually you eat to kick to respond with a straight to the chin. I'm not can you can you write that again? Because I'm not, I don't want to misunderstand what you wrote. Oh, usually you eat the kick to respond with a straight to the chin. Yeah, but it depends, dude. The timing has to be right and the angle has to be right. Israel kicks you, but he's off to the side, and um, they're not kicking one-offs. 
you know, and like when Israel kicks a one off, it's because he skipped outside of your your straight line, so you can't counter. And then when Aldo kicks your legs, it's usually he's thrown a combination. Aldo usually throws a jab, right hand, left hook to the body, like left rip to the body, and then he throws that right kick to the to the legs. That's one of his combinations or variations of those combinations. So it's hard to counter like that. Shamgit says, I'm in Sydney, by the way. I see. Juice says, Fab has back control for a full round here. The little one's not doing anything to get out of it. Nothing at all, man. I've got, and I don't even have the hooks in. You are not my child. You can't even defend the re-naked choke. You can't even defend your back. You can't even defend your back. Uh, Mark Whelan says, your daughter has a nasty cough. I hope she gets well soon. Man, she's just been playing a lot more with other kids. And they, man, they're just all the kids in the neighborhood kind of here. We have really good community and they all play. And now, now, obviously, we're in lockdown. But before that, dude, they just running around sharing snot. The disgusting, disgusting little creatures. Um, Bosa grabbed the cage bad. I didn't see it. I didn't see him grab the cage. Um, yeah, man, that was big shots. Oh, my God. And now we got ourselves a main event. Khaled Ahmed says, the weather does not help either. That cough is going around everywhere. Yeah, man. And the little kids, the little kids don't give a shit, man. They they cough on each other. They they share food. They share drinks. You know, she doesn't care. She just does not care. She just, she's a savage, a little savage. Yeah, it builds immunity, but they are disgusting little things, though. She, she like, they are. They just, the way they just grab each other's food and just eat, ugh, they just grab each other's food and they eat that. Let me see if he's grabbing the cage. Does he grab the cage? Oh, look at him. Did he grab the cage? It looks like he grabbed the cage. Um, One foot out the door says, DC impartial play-by-play. Why, why do you say that? What happened? I don't know what happened because I can't hear him. So let me know, please, what happened. Um, one foot at the door says, turning off the TV builds immunity too. I agree, man. I agree. The kids have to play outside, you know, like they, they do. I take her. She's always outside. She's always running a mark. She's got like, cuts and bruises all over her you know nick to2 says your daughter makes a great co-host for the show she does doesn't she don't you don't you don't you yes yeah clearly inserting clearly inserting the ref blew the call oh is that is that what what he said or Yeah, do you want to take this to mommy? Just a second, guys. Mommy. And then when you take it to mommy, then you can come back. Mommy. Give that to mom and then come back. Knock on the door when you come back. Yeah, give that to mom. Yeah. 
Uh, one foot out the door says, yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, I, I do agree when, when, when I do agree when, when people like one second, hold on. We're just having a domestic dispute with my daughter and my wife over, um, Mommy. over the phone. My, my daughter did not want to give my wife the Mommy. phone. Um, yeah, see, when you see that, that that's what I'm talking about. Again, with, with the analysts and whatnot, you see it and it's like the ref blew the call, blah, 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 and it happens so quick and you don't have the benefit of hindsight and the ref can't see everything, you know what I mean? You can't see everything all at once. That's that's why I'm saying to you is like sometimes when you see the analysts and then they start with – and then people start as well with, oh, um, the game plan was this, he should have done that. Dude, it does not happen like that in, in the real life, you know? Um like I, like I said to you, I've got no problem saying to you, I completely missed that Bosa grabbed the cage. Um, when you see it in slow motion, it's absolutely clear that that um, he grabbed the cage. But it doesn't happen like that. So what what happened? How did, how did Paul Felder call him out? So Marco Boy says, Oi, oi, Fab the dad, your daughter is too adorable. What's the thing that has surprised you the most about fatherhood? Just got my Grange TV mug delivered and I love it. Keep up the great work. Man, thank you so much, man. And thank you so much for the support. You don't know what it means, man. It means so much to have any and all support from you guys. Um, thank you so much. My daughter is, if my daughter is adorable, honestly, it's because she looks like my wife. Luckily for her, lucky for her, she doesn't look like me. Um, Hello, am I back? Can you guys hear me? She she just ended the stream. <laughs> the thing that surprised me the most about um about fatherhood to answer the the question. Oh, uh, who do I have in the main event? Real quickly, probably Gun, Gun. Um, but it'll be close. I don't, I can't give you a, a definite answer. The thing that surprised me the most about fatherhood is um honestly how long we can operate on such little sleep. That that's probably one of the um, the craziest things to me because the lack of sleep is insane and the fact that it just never ever stops is is crazy. But then also how much you can love them is is insane as well because you love them so so much, so so much. Look at her, yeah. Um, that's probably that you, that you're even capable of loving someone that much, especially when you're such a mess like me. Um, who do I have in the main event? Yeah, like I said, I don't know. One foot out the door says, DC was saying he used the fence to get back up. Nick202 says, laugh out loud. Did she just end the stream? Yes. Yeah, she did. Um, I'm back. Ophon says, do you think you can give a more accurate prediction on how you think Nganu versus Ghani will go if Cyril wins this fight? I can, and we can talk about it. If Cyril wins this fight, we can really start to talk about that. Because 
if Cyril doesn't win this fight, not only is it um, null and void, but we'll be able to tell a lot more from where his weaknesses are, you know? Um, Volkov is 25 pounds on Cyril, so if he gets on top of him, watch out, 100%. So Sang says, Fab, how did you get cauliflower ear from grappling? I mean, grappling for like 20 years. Um, wrestling, doing jiu-jitsu and that kind of stuff. Um, that's how I got my collies. Uh, and probably just other combat sports as well, just clinching and and getting, you know, my ears smashed. Fab, could you Fab could out wrestle Khabib, and you cannot convince me otherwise. I can assure you, sir. I can assure you that I could not out grapple Khabib. I wouldn't be able to out grapple Khabib's fucking baker. Um, so Sang says, is it the friction of the ground against the ear? No, it's just friction. Like it's that, just doing that, like that. Like when it, like just getting your ear smashed with the gi or without the gi on the ground with people's hands, whatever, getting punched in the ear. All of those things will give you collies. A lot of rugby players have collies just from the friction of tackling. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's I think I think um look Garnier looks very good. He's got the ability to to move laterally really well and move forward and back and fight on his toes and do that for five rounds, which is pretty rare for a heavyweight. Um but Volkov is very big, comes forward, and he's one of those guys. This is what I was saying with the Barcelos fight. Um when he's moving forward, Barcelos wasn't putting something between he and the mid-ground. Like he wasn't kicking he wasn't doing front kicks or jabs to to close to kind of put something in the mid ground as he's stepping forward, whereas Volkov's a master at that. Volkov throws that front snap kick down the middle. <laughs> Volkov throws that front snap kick down the middle, and keeps you moving back. So he's never like in a situation where he's like caught in no man's land. What's Volkov's walkout song? Alex Collis says. Laugh out loud, I've got cauliflower ear from Rugby 2. Given my last name, my friends nicknamed me Collie. Ah, very creative. Juice says you can also get it from your wife yelling at you all the time. I can, I can. Um, did the ear have to be drained? Yeah, man, my ears were fucked. I had to drain it a bunch of times. Um, Volkov did cover the raid. Maybe Putin disapproved. Um, now, now, let's keep politics out of it. Um, Okay, no, Vol I mean, Volkov could very well win this fight, man. Very, very well win this fight. Like, you'd probably have to favor Volkov, to be honest with you. Mother Winter translated from Russian. Wow. Man, the Russians, they're cool, man. They have, they have culture, man. They have a different, different view of the world, you know? Yeah, he's got legit striking, man. Hits hard. This is going to be a, a good fight. Moist Penguin, Mark Whelan says, at Moist Penguin, I'm not 100% convinced that Cyril has great BJJ, so who knows? No, I agree with you, but um, he definitely has a ground game. You know what I mean? He definitely has a ground game. I don't know how good his BJJ will be if six foot seven, 265 pounds of pissed-off Russian is on top of him. I don't know. Um. 
Yes, yeah, six. There, there we go. Christian Lorenz is six seven two sixty five. He's a massive man for heavyweight. Yeah, it's a huge, gigantic, gigantic man. That's what I was saying to you before. You know, when we're talking about the boxing and everything and da da da. Like these guys are so big they could play basketball. They're so tall and so big they could play basketball nowadays. It's not the same kind of heavyweight as thirty years ago. Like Semi Shilt was a complete outlier when he, when uh, also he was on the podcast. Man, he's unbelievable guy um but semi Schilt was on the on the podcast before and absolute legend of the game but he was like a complete like outlier back then you know when 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 he was around just with his size whereas now like he'd still be huge don't get me wrong but there's other dudes floating about that 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 are, are that big um Leighton says, my mother is is Russian, so yeah, they are different, especially my grandparents. They're just another breed. Yeah, my wife's grandparents are uh Russian. Like they're part they're partially Russian. They're they're all from that, they're from a triple border. So they're like Chinese, Mongolian, Russian, and they're all like just a mix of them. Mix of it. Um Nick Toto says if Volkov spoke English a bit better, he'd be a massive star. He's such a great personality. Agreed. Ophon says, Volkov looks like he could cut off both his legs and still not make flyweight. I think his head would weigh 50 kilos, dude. <coughs> Christian Lorenz says, DC versus Volkov would be a spectacle. I think anyone with Volkov is more or less a spectacle. Um, Mark Whelan says, sorry, Cyril, not Cyril. Sometimes my phone dies. This correction bullshit. Um, Nick202 says, on UFC, Russia, Volkov sparred with one of the Russian football stars and it was the funniest video ever. I think it would have been the funniest for him, not so much for the soccer guy. Um, Christian Lorenz says, Tyson made giants fall and topple. That he did, sir. That he did. But he also lost a few as well against guys that weren't as big as the guys fighting today. Um, Garn win at three. Man, I, this is going to be an interesting fight, man. This is going to be a really, really interesting fight. Garn looks big and athletic at, at heavyweight, and he moves so well. But Volkov is something that nightmares are made of. You know, he truly is. He is a fucking gigantic, scary, scary man. And you, you, what are you? Um, DC versus Volkov would have probably gone like Volkov versus Blades, and DC is a much better wrestler than Blades. True. <clears throat> Leighton J says, yeah, my grandparents grew up in the same area as Peter Yan, somewhere in Siberia. Um, yeah, and Peter Yan is uh, Chinese-Russian. He's actually, like his family is Chinese-Russian or part Chinese-Russian or something like that. And then you have this person, this thing here. Look at you, look at you. Um, Mark Whelan says, yeah, I'm aware of his beast status. I remember that fight where he was dominant yet got knocked out by Lewis. Crazy fight ending. N <laughs> NZ Iwi Kiwi says, Good morning, Fab and baby from Wellington. Chur, bro. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Good morning to you, my friend. How's the COVID situation over there in um, NZ? Uh, Juice says, That could mean your kid has Genghis Khan DNA. More than likely does, man. Because, <laughs> like, where they're from is actually was always like they're from Inner Mongolia, which used to be Mongolia. So they probably do. Um, Explains her savageness and eye pokes. Probably. She is a little savage, I'll tell you that. Christian Lorenz says, will baby Chino learn multiple languages, Fab? 
Yeah, man, she understands Spanish, like 100% understands Spanish. I can speak to her in Spanish. My mum and dad speak to her in Spanish. And Chinese is a little bit hard. We try and watch Peppa Pig and all those cartoons and all of that. We try and watch them in Spanish as much as we can. My wife tries to speak to her in Spanish. Her her maternal grandmother tries to... Uh, my wife tries to speak to her in Chinese. Her maternal grandmother tries to speak to her in Chinese as much as possible. But just geographically, we don't have as much contact with, um, like, on a day-to-day -day basis, like, whereas my parents live nearby. So they always speak in Spanish to her. So she already understands everything in Spanish. Like, you could, I can just start straight talking to her in Spanish now, and she understands the same that she understands in English. Um, in in um chinese a little bit more more difficult but she she still she still um understands a lot of chinese yeah um yeah so she, she we watch all the, all those cartoons and that in chinese so both guys come out to touch gloves volkov's a giant giant man dude and so cyril man i'm kind of nervous dude. Uh, have you visited China with your family? No, we were meant to, man. Sasank. We were meant to. We we're going to go on this big trip at the start of COVID, and then COVID shut it all down. Lucky we didn't go; we'd be stuck somewhere. We we're going to go on this massive trip for like six months, and yeah, we're off, people. Straight away, Volkov pressuring with kicks to the body and to the legs of Cyril. Cyril answering with kicks and punches of his own. Lands a right hand. Cyril is in the um, southpaw stance with Volkov in the orthodox stance. Volkov pressuring forward, kicking front kicks. They're nice combinations by Volkov. Cyril darts in to, to close the gap, and I'm surprised at his ability to close the gap that quickly. He was very, very lightning quick in his ability to do so. Both these guys very technically sound as strikers. Very, very technically sound. I'm really, really interested in this fight. And as soon as it started, man, like I'm really impressed by both guys right off the bat. Cyril moving very lightly on his feet. And Volkov, the, both, the thing I like about this fight already off the bat is that both these guys are doing what they're meant to be doing, like what you'd think they do. Ooh, he comes pouring over the job, does uh, over the top, does Volkov with like a check hook of sorts. And I think that could end up setting Volkov up to throw that right hand down the middle. Uh, Garnin just threw his left hand down the middle then. But I see I see Volkov being able to throw those front kicks like he just did then, throw that little check hook as he's moving forward, and then throw the right hand down the middle. And there's Garn throws a kick on the outside in the southpaw stance. Oh, he catches Volkov with a little right hand of his own, does Garn. Ooh, they exchange kicks. Both men landing powerful kicks to the body, forearms, and legs, respectively, with Volkov landing it to the legs. Ooh, Gun steps in to switch, to switch stances, but Volkov was onto it and threw a nice inside leg kick that broke up the balance and stopped the attack of Gun. Cyril fainting with the, with the kicks. Definitely. Ooh, look, this is the thing. The speed advantage is very, very... Very, very, very obvious that um, Garn can close that distance very, very quickly. But the power in the kicks of Volkov and the timing of the kicks of Volkov is really something to behold because he lands those kicks really well, places them well, and lands them almost at will. 
it's a really good fight, guys. It's a really, really, really good fight. Gun standing just outside of range with his hands down. Those kicks, though, from Volkov start to take their toll in a five-round fight. Not pleasant. They're exchanging close. I think Volkov has hurt him a little bit. Volkov, I think, may have landed an uppercut in that exchange. Those front kicks, when he throws those front kicks, when Volkov throws those front kicks, man, you can see the size of his feet, man. The size of his feet are huge. Garn went looking for a right hand. Now he's going looking for a double leg, but the, the takedown defense from Volkov stands firm. Now he's framing with his elbow. Garn does a great job of not wasting a lot of energy in that clinch because he wasn't going to get it. Volkov has to be careful, though, with Garn's ability to close that distance. It's very, very impressive. Very impressive. I like how Volkov lands those shots, though, man. Garn closes the distance so well. Doing a good job looking for that left-hand lead. And this kind of fight, whilst it doesn't look like a high-tempo fight or anything, is incredibly tiring because both of these guys are very wary of each other's shots and they're both fainting and they're both eating each other's faints. So neuromuscular fatigue is huge, man. And that's why when you start, you you, you tire the other guy just a tad, and guys that hit this hard, and you start to stop the other person. These leg kicks that they're exchanging as well start to wear you out. So it's not just the, the physiological thing that you can see. The neural system is is big one that gets fatigued. Well, guns are going to be able to bounce for five rounds if he keeps getting leg kicked like that either. Man, the feints, the way they have to, the way they're biting on each other's feints really, really, really tires out your neural fatigue. Um, let me see. Daddy. Yes. Daddy. Okay, Fab, you're singing of the He-Man song, of the He-Man theme song was the best. Thank you, sir. Um, that's neat. Children usually pick up their mother tongue, not the father tongue. Um, yeah, but I think that's got, are you, you, are you saying they pick up their mother's language more than the father's? I think that's got more to do though with, um, in general, you'll spend more time like with your maternal grandparents or with who you spend more time with. Um, in, in our case, because of, of lockdown and everything, I've been home the whole time. And so I've, I've been speaking with her as well and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. And my parents have more contact with her than my um, in-laws do. Um, yes, Ophon, he does look a little bit like Shrek. Alex Collar says, the striking technique of these two is nuts compared to a lot of other heavyweights who rely on power alone. 100% agree with you there, sir. Ghani is so fast, yes. Big exchange of kicks with each other there. Nice little jab to the body by Cyril. 
lot of sliding, man. You know, that's another thing is like there's a lot of um sliding that happens in the in the octagon, and I don't know that will definitely affect one person over another. You know, you want to hope that it's you if you're fighting. Not I like how Cyril is selling the little little fakes with his hips. The little feints. I don't know. A lot of people giving the first round to, to Cyril. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, dame un beso. Dame un beso. Ah, que gracias. Nice kicks by Volkov to the body and to the legs. Nice little kick to the midsection. So he faked the leg kick, then came up with like a reverse question mark kick to the to the midsection of Volkov, did Ghani. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. When high with a high kick, did Volkov. Ghani moving really, really well. Ghani moving well. Takes a leg kick but from Volkov. Volkov skirting the peripheries of the octagon. Nice exchange of jabs by both Volkov and Ghani. The question is, will Ghani be able to get the rhythm and his ability to blitz in and land a powerful shot on Volkov, or will Volkov be able to wear him down with strikes to the legs and body. That's that's the war of attrition that's going to be occurring here. Left lead, left hand lead by Gunn. He's starting to find a home, is Gunn. Nice front kick by Volkov. But Gunn has now found a home for that left hand lead. Okay. Wait, one second. Baby, you have to take this little monster. Okay, sorry about that, guys. She was starting to disrupt the podcast, and I know that I was going to get thousands of hate mails uh, regarding her. Okay, she will be disciplined and punished and spoken to after this. Oh, nice exchange there, Volkov with the right hand to Gan. I definitely have Gunn winning this round, the first round possibly to Volkov, but who knows? I think there was a bit of an eye poke there. Um, dude, Volkov's kicks don't look hard, but you can tell it's like a baseball bat with the sound they make, says Ophon. Yeah, man, there'd be no... It's a levers as well, man. The levers and the, just the size of his legs. But Gunn's starting to get more confident and he's starting to, to get more a, a better sense of distance. Oh, lands a nice knee to the midsection of Volkov. The vocabulary of strikes a gun has is very, very interesting. Really impressed by it. And you don't know, you can't really tell what's coming from gun. Nice, nice one-two by um, Volkov. And the leg kick again. The problem is that at some point, those leg kicks are going to take their toll. Gan does a great job as well of changing the rhythm. Like he'll bounce around the outside, not doing a lot, and then all of a sudden he'll just blitz in and hit. But 
again, like I said to you, I don't know how long he can take those leg kicks for. At what point those leg kicks just start to kill your legs? But he's starting to land the shots on Volkov. 41 seconds to go. Oblique kick by Garn. Nice. Went for the one, two, did Garn. Cyril's definitely getting the upper hand now. He's starting to land more and more shots. Looks like another eye poke could have happened. Front kick by Volkov. Three seconds to go. Two, one, elite kick by Garn. Interesting. Very interesting. I definitely have Garn winning, right? Land a nice jab then. As he cuts a distance, he's starting to find a home for his shots. But, and like I say to you, although he's definitely winning the fight, I don't know how long and how much damage those leg kicks are doing, you know? Um, Mark Whelan says that is awesome the more language she knows the greater chance of opening up avenues for success knowledge is power the, the more we know the greater our intellect 100% Hanoi Tripler says these guys are looking sharp yes sir Ophon says I hope we see both of these guys eventually getting a title shot versus Ganu though at the same time I think they'll both win <laughs> Aaron something says worst ventriloquist ever yeah I know hey <laughs> Uh, Michael Wood says, no way Garn is going to be able to bounce for five rounds. Um, yeah, it just depends how it happens. Aaron something says, huh, I love your work, brother. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the support. Mark Whelan says, Volkov has great power and Cyril is fast and agile, but I fear these kicks will take their toll. I agree. It could happen. We're off. We're off, we're off, we're off, we're off in the third round. The thing is, Cyril is landing kicks of his own as well on um, Volkov. And where he's landing it, see, you can see the marks on Volkov being that he's so white. Um, it's just on the bottom of the uh, vastus lateralis, which is that muscle on the side of your leg. So what he's hitting there is mainly like tendon on the vastus lateralis and hitting that like where the bone kind of thing is on the at the top of the knee. So... There's really not a lot of, of flesh. Like it, it's actually a very, very painful spot to hit. Um, you can see exactly where he's hitting him. And now he's starting to hit him with some of those combinations. It's very, very good he's gone. Nice little left hand by Gun. Nice trying to get that distance with that jab. Volkov looking to go high with the right kick. Ooh, now Volkov got the takedown, like just caught a kick of, of guns and throws a combination himself. But isn't able to, he isn't able to hold the center of the octagon anymore. So he's capitulating the center of the octagon to, to Cyril. And arguably where Volkov is most dangerous is when he's holding the center of the octagon and moving forward. So, you know, this is, now he's trying to edge forward. 
Oh, they exchange a pair of left hands. Oh, left hand for right hand. Volkov throwing the left hand. Inside leg kick landed by Volkov. Volkov's gone away from the leg kicks a little bit in this round. And that's allowing Cyril to come in into a more boxing sort of uh, distance, which benefits him. Oh, nice right hand lead by Volkov. Left kick to the leg by Cyril. They exchange, good exchange, hands exchange. Cyril shoots for double leg. Volkov defends it. They exchange a pair of knees in there. Volkov is now pretty much up against the cage with Garn being able to pressure him and continue to pressure him. Now they're starting to box more, which is only going to help Cyril. Um, there's not much leg kicks from or front kicks down the middle by, by Volkov. And this is what I was saying before. Like, it gets to a point where you've had... Ooh! They both exchanged shots, but it looked very close for Cyril to be copping a shot then. I am... Um, Yeah, after a certain amount of fights that you've had, like, Cyril has had plenty, and he's also hasn't had to live with a huge amount of damage of having heaps and heaps of fights, and the damage is not just, like, physical in the sense of, like, oh, my knee or whatever. It's also neural CTE, which is still physical, you know? People separate that, but it's not. Oh, the shots to the body by Cyril are very, very, very hard. Some big shots to the body through, through a lead uppercut from the lead hand there. I liked it very much way through that. Volkov coming forward. Then I saw a nice leg kick from... Oh, smashing uppercut. A smashing uppercut from um, Volkov, from Cyril. But then Volkov answered with a knee of his own. That did hit um, Cyril's nose. The smashing body shot. And we're not seeing the leg kicks anymore from um, Volkov. We're not even seeing front kicks down the middle from Volkov. I don't know if he sustained an injury. I don't know if he's just tired. I don't know if, um, I don't know. But we're not seeing a lot of them. Nice exchanges here. Cyril keeping Volkov guessing. They exchanged a bunch of leg kicks here. I, I'd like to see Volkov use more use of elbows as well. I think for someone his size would be really, really good. Definitely third round is Cyril. Um, okay, let's see what we've got. Okay, Nick202 says, but I feel the commentary isn't talking too much about them, about about what Juice says, should Gan try to wrestle? He's, look, man, he's done a couple of, of, um, of double leg shots and that, but it's hard, man. You waste a lot of energy trying to take someone down. And Volkov's very, very good at that. And he's got very, very good le levers. And it's hard to take someone like that down. Um, so it's hard. 
Okay, I'm missing a few guys. My apologies. Um, <laughs> Pip Dennison says, good morning. Hefe, good morning, Pip. How are you, sir? We're about to start. Man. We're off, people. I believe this is the fourth. Yeah, round four. Volkov coming forward. He needs to come forward. He needs to go back to the kicks. I don't know if he sustained an injury. I don't know what happened there. Still landing with the lead leg, the leg kicks. But when they're boxing here, uh, I think Cyril's just a little too quick for, for him to be standing there and boxing. Nice front kick by... Um, it was more of a teep, actually, than the traditional karate front kick from Cyril. Exchanging the nice boxing exchanges, flying knee, flying scissor knee by Cyril. Then Volkov circles off, which he did a good job of circling off and trying to put Cyril's back to the cage. Cyril has got such great movement, not just for a heavyweight. He's got great movement, period. Throws a spinning back fist, missed by a mile. Both guys exchange jabs. Went for some dirty boxing, did Volkov from a collar and tie, but um, Gunn saw it coming from a mile away. Nice exchange. Volkov hits Gunn with a nice uppercut in that exchange. Really, really nice punch. Gunn is showing off a very decent chin as well, as is Volkov. Came over the top with the right hand, did Garner, and now gets hit by, with a jab by Volkov. Volkov hits him with the right hand as well, and he continues to come forward now. Garner not bouncing as much as he was earlier, which stands to reason we're now in the fourth round, and he's a huge man himself. Three minutes to go. Here's a single leg from, from Garn. Goes looking for it. Doesn't get it. Gets hit with a little combination by Volkov for his troubles. Both guys, their striking is coming a little bit more laborious now. Two minutes and 45 seconds to go with the fourth round. My apologies, people. Nice combination, lead right hand, left outside kick by Volkov. Now Garn comes in, throws a knee, and they're in the clinch. They're throwing combinations in the pocket. Garn has shown that he can fight five rounds, and he's showing it again. Gunn's still moving lightly on his toes. And so is Volkov. I think he's a body shot or anything from these guys. Oh, it would hurt so much. But the output of leg kicks from Volkov has dropped off incredibly.
Oh, the body kick from Gun would have definitely hurt. Hurt. So I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna have skipped a whole bunch, guys. Here. Fifty-five seconds to go. Volkov still landing, but not. He's not really landing the leg kicks anymore. And and Garn is is starting to just as a fight. But Garn himself has slowed down a little bit. He's not throwing with the same explosiveness he was earlier, which stands to reason. Like they're both giant men fighting for so many rounds, but they, they're starting to box a little bit more in the pocket. Garn threw a left kick to the body then. Goes over the top, does gun with the right hand. And Volkov ducked out of it and thrown a right hand in return, neither of which landed flush from each, either guy. Nine seconds to go. Again, more leg kicks. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the round. Ophon says, he's, yes, he's landing enough to keep Garn respecting his power, but not enough to win the rounds. I agree. Mark Whelan says, at Alex, that's a great question. I'm thinking it's a must for him to train harder and longer because you'd be silly to think you could take out all of your competitors. What is the question that you're that, that was asked by Alex? Because I can't go back through every one of them just because of um, there's so many things. Yeah, so if you could ask that question again. Um, Alex Collis says, two for two. I have no way of scoring that fight. I think because uh, I'm not really scoring, I'm commentating it. Um, I think Gan is winning, but uh, Juice says, "Is it equally as tiring throwing kicks as punches?" I played footy, soccer, and can kick forever, you know. But maybe it's different of fighting kicks. Um, you would definitely have some sort of um, advantage from someone that's never trained before if you've kicked before. But you, yeah, you definitely be able to kick because you, you you've been kicking if you're playing soccer. But um, yeah, it's very very tiring. And it's different, like you don't necessarily in soccer, you don't throw, you know, five kicks at once, you know, like bam, 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 like that. Um, but you're going to definitely be very fit from playing soccer. It's, it's a tremendously fitness orientated sport, and you, your kicks are going to be good. Um, yeah, it could be two, two, could be three, one. It's hard to score, man. It's not easy to score. It's not easy to judge fights. So I'll tell you this now. Okay, so Volkov's corner saying whoever wins the fifth wins a fight. I don't know how they, how it's being scored. Um, I do know that Volkov has landed some shots, though. I, I have gone winning the fight. I think that Volkov has gone away from his front kicks and um, leg kicks a little bit. Juice, at this stage, I see a, a decision. Oh, good exchange there. Ooh. They're starting to just box now. With a leg kick every now and then. Mm. 
gun with a one two down the middle. Three minutes to go in this round. Nah. Yeah, Gan can have a very long career, especially because he's thirty years old, and you know he's had he, he hasn't he hasn't had like forty fights, you know, at, at thirty, and forty fights that are crushing fights, you know. No, it, you can wear ankle wraps. It just depends on the commission in that particular state and whatnot. In answer to Alex Collis's question. Two minutes and 39 seconds to go. Oh, the left kick to the body taken in the arms by um, Volkov. People don't understand, dude. If you kick someone full pelt, shin on the forearms, like how hard that is on the forearms. And if you kick an elbow accidentally, how much that hurts. He's definitely changed the ray. I, I would like to know why he had the ray. Does he just like rays? I agree, Ophon. Unless Volkov finishes finishes it, I think Gan wins this fight. <clears throat> Walking forward is Gan. Minute and 34 seconds to go. Gan goes looking for a takedown. Volkov defends it. Gan goes looking for an uppercut. Chu says he might see himself as a ray, a big majestic beast that can end you with one sting. Maybe. If he's as poetic as you, then yes. 57 seconds to go. Alex Collis says, yeah, <clears throat> Gunny looking like a great prospect champ. Not rushing, great technique, great heavyweight gas tank. I agree with all of that. I think he got eye-poked or hit in the nuts. He got eye-poked. I, I just looked away for a second, got eye-poked. Um, Mark Whelan, Ophon, yeah, I agree. He won it. And he just poked him in the eye. Poked him in the eye. There's only like 30 seconds to go in the fight. Man, eye pokes are so bad, dude. <clears throat> they hurt so much. And you it's scary and like you can't see. Like the, that's what people don't get. Football lover, did you have money on um Volkov?
Um, imagine Volkov gets some of his gas tank back. Well, he's got to run in there and explode. There's only like 30 seconds to go. Juice says, what's the rule? I heard you get five minutes to recover from an eye poke. Um, I think rule-wise, the last time I'd heard was you only get five, you get five minutes for the nuts. But um, with the eye poke, it's not. You get it, you, you it, eyes clear and then you're ready to go or you don't clear and you don't go. Oh, we're off. We're off, people. Yes, the run in with a double foot stomp drop kick. He hasn't taken a point. 39 seconds to go. <clears throat> Volkov has to turn on the fans, man. No, I don't think you NC at this point because it's gone past a certain amount of rounds. I think. <clears throat> You'd go to the judges' scorecards. Seven seconds to go, and I do believe the gun won this. Done. I believe Cyril won it, and I believe Cyril won it relatively comfortably. <clears throat> it was a great fight. So what's next? Does Francis fight Derek Lewis? Does Derek Lewis fight? Does Gunn have to fight Derek Lewis? Does what do you guys think? I mean, not what is going to happen, but I'm just does he beat those guys? You know what I mean? Who do you know? Can you see Gunn beating now John Jones at heavyweight? Can you see him beating? Derek Lewis, can you see him beating um uh can you see him beating Francis? Because to tell you the truth, or a steeper as well. Heavyweight just got interesting, man. Because right there you have four guys at heavyweight that we haven't seen that before. Uh I I think now you really Nick Turtu, you think that Volkov won? I think I think Garn won. But okay. No, but it, it was a close fight. Because, <clears throat> but it's not even the money fights. Like I'm just talking about now at heavyweight, you got Garni, you got Stipe, you got Francis, you know, Derek Lewis. You know, you got you got a few other guys like heavyweight. That's what I mean. Like it, it went from uh, Volkov. You know what I mean? Um, you you look at it. Oh, yeah, heavyweights, this, that, and the other, and then all of a sudden you got these four guys at the top that are pretty fucking hard to beat. Elia says, Garnet seems so bouncy and athletic for a heavyweight. Am I wrong? No, you're right. Um, so you won that fight, yep. And James Hannell says, I see him beating Francis, but not Stipe. That's interesting. That's an interesting take. The problem is, man, <clears throat> that Stipe is a fucking, that Francis just hits like a truck and he can stop you at any time with one shot. Um, Stipe and him would be a really good fight. That'd be an interesting fight. Um, Juice says, Volkov has a better chin than I thought, which shows how much power Lewis has. Scary. Mocklewood, 3-2 gun. Yeah, I, I agree. 
there are a couple of, of rounds that um that Volkov won, but I can't remember exactly which ones they were. Um, that lift kick to the liver would have hurt, man. Michael Wood says 50-45. Um, I don't know. You see, because I, I'm honestly watching this here, I can't tell you which rounds Volkov definitively won. I can allow for two rounds for, for Volkov, but the ones that he won were fucking close, man. They were really, really close. I I think um, that's why uh, that's why I say to you, like, I don't, again, I don't necessarily go, I think he won two rounds in there, but I don't think that were definitive. I don't think that, I think they were very tight, kind of close rounds, and it could have gone to Volkov or it could have gone to Gunn. I gave them to Volkov, so I gave two rounds to Volkov, but I don't see it outside of the realm of possibility that someone gave it to Gunn. You know, that that's that's my opinion. Um, yeah, I had Volkov round one and Gunn two two to five. That that's fair. I, I had Volkov winning first round. That's the first that's a round that I, I would probably say was the most definitive for him. Um, Ophon says, damn, Gan took a lot of hard shots to the face and I didn't even really see a bruise on him. Ophon says, a little redness above the temple there only. Man, it's crazy, crazy. Uh, we will be doing the Tim Zhu fight versus uh, Zarafa fight, and I believe that's Wednesday night. So join us for that, please, guys. And um, yeah, man, just tell us what you think. Like, write, you know, write your comments. If you haven't already, please hit the like and subscribe and hit the notification bell. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And I really, really appreciate all, all support that you guys give out, that you guys help with. So thank you very much, man. And I hope you guys enjoy your day. Thank you, man. I will enjoy the barbecue and I will hope to have a good day, man. Um, Volkov was landing, Nick says, Volkov was landing quite a bit, but the commentary were talking about Gan the whole time. That's why it seemed like Gan was dominating. I can't hear the, I can't hear the, the, the commentary. I was just, Say what I saw. Um, Joseph, see you Wednesday, coach. Have a great day ahead. Stay healthy and safe. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, man. Take care, and I'll see you guys Wednesday, hopefully. Take care. Bye-bye.